I just thought it was weird, like, didn't say anything, and they were already got my mail for me, changed my address. Like, oh man, good service. Where did they fucking read your mind? Yeah. No shit about me, I don't know. It's like, I need to go get $300 out of the bank, you show up, here's your $300. That's some Mormon stopping at the house the other night. Oh. Yeah. Did you actually answer the door? Yeah. Because, like, I was laying in bed, not like. Nothing really, and then like all of a sudden I hear some like knocking and stuff, and I guess they've been knocking for a while. I just didn't hear. And uh, I go out, and there's two dudes standing there, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and fucking, they're like, hey, do you got a minute to talk about the like about uh, the, the Church of Mormon? Well, not the Church of Latter Day Saints, because uh-huh. like Mormons like a slur for them, basically. I mean, it's not like a slur, but like they don't call themselves that. And they don't really like being. You're like, right. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't know that. But uh, he was like, oh, yeah, can we come in and talk about it? And I was like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> you guys are vampires. You need to be invited in. Well, <laughs> he was like, well, can I give you, like, the Book of Mormon? He's like, I already got one. <laughs> <laughs> there is, I don't know if it was one of them or if it was someone. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Some dude came knocking on the door the other day, and Nix was just going wild, man. And I was just like, I didn't know who it was at first. So I just opened up the door and some dude standing there with the tablet and Nick's is just like going crazy. And I just like, I'm holding Nick's by the collar. I just like looked at Nick's, looked at him and he was like, whoop, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the door. And he's like, gotcha. <laughs> now, Matt, oh, Jesus Christ, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone's Broadway musical, Book of Mormon. Check it out. Yeah, that I'm shit is, to see it. It's, actually, it's fucking hilarious. It? Uh, the creators of South Park did a Broadway show, literally the Book of Fucking Mormon. Like, like, it like just... 13 years ago at this point. Dude, it just makes while. fun of Mormons the whole fucking time, and it's a legitimate Broadway show that they wrote. Like, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it's really good. Of course they did. Uh, so, I, so when I said I had a Book of Mormon, the guy was like, oh, what'd you think of it? And I was like, it's crazy. I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I meant, it's an interesting story. Like, they just look so sad when I said it was crazy. Oh, of course he did. Of course he please did. Read out of, please read these golden tablets out of a oh, yeah, that's what, I, I didn't mean as in, like, it's, like, crazy, like, you messed up in the head crazy. I meant, yeah. like, it's just, like, wild. Yeah. Like, just, like... <laughs> Sure. Well, okay. Well, whatever you say. I'm buddy. not gonna regret someone for trying to get someone to join their cult. Like, <laughs> <laughs> someday, maybe I would like to be in the position of bleeding a cult. <laughs> so I mean, if someone wants to like, tr- like if they wanted to try, and then they asked me about like if if the neighbors were home, and I was like, well, that apartment's empty, but I think the lady upstairs might be there. She would love to talk to you. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was like, I think she's home. <laughs> so yeah. That was funny. Hmm. That is hilarious. <laughs> <coughs> They'll get you. Oh, they gave me a little like pamphlet. I haven't really looked at it though. Jesus holding the lamb. I mean, you can have as many wives as you want, at least. It's like I was so flustered. Like they still believe in Jesus. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh, they're Christians. They're just like a different sect of Christians. Yeah. Everything stems they just, from they fucking Christians. More wives. Christian. Yeah, why any of that yep. means anything, I don't know. Is that why Christians, like, kind of don't like them? I mean, Christians don't like anyone who's just not <laughs> taking <laughs> money. Christians just don't like anyone but themselves. Well, I mean, yeah. like, they don't like... only your liver's giving you money. You would like more people to give you money, so... 
Right, like, I didn't even get to ask him about, like, the skin changing color, or how they blew up the Challenger, or, like, Bleeding the Beast. <laughs> they blew up the Challenger. Did you see they found... What? I think it was part... I think that it was they part of the Challenger. One of them. <laughs> in the ocean. It was, like, in the Marianas Trench or something. I don't know if it was the Marianas Trench. It was in some trench, but they found, like... They fucking found uh, part of one of the fucking blown-up space stations that went up. Hmm. That's where Godzilla is. What? That's where Godzilla is. Oh, yeah. Doubtful. James Cameron just like went over that part. And... Yeah, he didn't want to show it to you. <laughs> How could anything be down there? Like that big? Hey, man. It beats the fuck out of me. <laughs> there's, oh, obviously, there's stuff down there. But yeah, I. To that, it can't be that big. Yeah, so, like, if it was that big, I mean, it would obviously be able to survive down there. Like, if it it's, did, it's evolved it, to be able to grow that big down yeah. there. It obviously, okay. survive yes. down there. But we would figure, we would know about it. Oh, by for now. sure. Or do we? And nobody just tells us because know, everybody like, fucking. Yeah, you know like, about SCPs? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> we would definitely see it moving at some point. Like. There's nothing. That's there's, what tsunamis are, bro. Something that <laughs> no something typhoons. that big couldn't just sit there forever and and never be like we wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like we would know about it. We would know about it. It's there's like it's, it's like a bigfoot. People see before, him, but, but Godzilla. We still don't approve. There's not a god. There's not even a megalodon. No, not anymore. Do you hear about those like volcanic sharks? There's like sharks that like live near like like when they have like the under underwater volcanic like shit like yeah. there's certain areas where like sharks live in that water. <laughs> it's like fucking yeah makes sense. And there are like like they're just corals like and stuff and that like live on like the sides of those like volcanic vents and mm-hmm. stuff. And just, just chilling. It's just what they do. Yeah, just chilling. I think there's turtles too that do that. Oh, they, <laughs> they have like, their own those, fucking like, ecosystem. Warm ass, like hot ass waters and just swimming around chilling. Volcanic fucking water. Fucking wild. But what's up? We're back. It's another good episode of Room to Talk. I'm Bud Walker. Michael Glossary. It's the evil Pappy Wizard today. Evil mm. Pappy Wizard. God, that was such a funny story. I, st- <clears throat> I just can't believe it. We think your friend's working with the evil wizard. Damn right. Ooh, I didn't, I didn't, like, out of all the shit. things that happened tonight, we did not expect that. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really wish I knew what he went to do. I know. Never I still never got his, yeah, I never got. Oh his name, yeah, since so. then I don't think yeah, I don't think he said that. <coughs> I still never got his name. Yeah, he uh, Mike's recently found out that the dude went to jail. Crazy man. <coughs> interesting. Very interesting. <coughs> Was it for murdering a wizard? Who knows? <laughs> At the water tower that we have proof of. <laughs> I hope I hope you didn't give him any way to find uh, your credentials, Brian. I don't even think I said my God name. damn it, I keep hitting the mic. I hope, uh... I hope and I might have, but I doubt they would remember. Yeah, they're but fucking be gone already. This week we are going to introduce God of War Ragnarok. Bum, bum, bum. We were talking a little bit before the fucking game, or before the podcast, about... Dog is going wild. It sounds like he's like hitting into the wall. Or <laughs> I do. <laughs> it makes me think of Artemis where we live on Carmer Street, and she would try to like run back to Carson's room, but like the door would be shut. She'd try to like get out of the way of it, it's like slide and just slam into the door. <laughs> it's just a lady standing there. 
a random lady or? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. She's just standing there holding something. So. Oh, that was the guy. Okay, that's your. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's one of the Mormons or not. <laughs> I'm probably Jehovah's Witness this time. <laughs> All the gods. Oh, we keep talking about the gods. It's funny. It's a. Uh, it's Harvard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Harvard. That's funny. I do actually have something that goes with this kind of Norse Viking deal. Uh, but yeah, last episode we did God of War 2018. I went over the story and everything like that. Now we're going to get into Ragnarok, but Ragnarok's a little bit more than 2018. There's a lot more... There's more storyline to like characters. You know what I mean? It wasn't just so, like, linear, like, Kratos and Atreus run right through the game and, like, okay, now there's all these side characters, whatever. Now it's, like, it wraps all of them up, you know what I mean? Like, we're really close to the characters and have, like, developed relationships with them and shit happens with them. It's pretty interesting. We get into, like, their meat and bones of their backstories and then it kind of meshes Kratos and, Kratos and Atreus with it. So, this first one that we're going to talk about is... God of War Ragnarok Part 1. I'm going to introduce those characters. Characters from the last one that come back. The new characters that we're going to talk about. Obviously, this is the wrap-up of God of War in the Norse pantheon. Went through the Greek pantheon. Now, uh, they did two games to wrap up the Norse pantheon. But honestly, it's fucking amazing. Like I was saying earlier, we were talking before the podcast, and... It did not win Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Very sad. It lost to Elden Ring. However, it won like seven awards. Like best fucking like music score, best narrative. The Christmas voice actor, I think, won best uh, for like the voice acting. Not even just voice acting, dude. He does like all the... They do all the, like the motion capture mm. too. So like even uh, Sonny Soljic, the boy who plays Atreus... Same thing. Like, those are all, like, them. Those cutscenes are, like, them interacting and, like, acting it out, really, cool. along with... Then they go back over top and do the voiceovers and stuff. But, yeah, he won Best Performance, which is fucking awesome because, I don't know, it's just... He was... In his speech, he, like, said, like... He's like, I wasn't even gonna, like, do it. He's like, if I would've known it was a video game, I probably wouldn't have never even, like, tried it. He's like, but I read it, thought it was cool. Then I found out it was a video game. It was just like... I think that there was a documentary I watched about the shit about this about 2018 God of War and he was talking about it and he's like I read it and then I like looked at my agent and he's like I thought you said this for a video game he's like it is and he's like what, what kind of video game is this like, apparently the screenplays are all the same dude I'm telling you man you need to you need to I mean it really is it's just like the one dialogue. big well, like just yeah. one big long movie except for this part where you fight things in between like, literally just fucking, just keep going. Yeah, just keep going and going and going. Uh, I read the novelization, the 2018 God of War novelization. I think I said that last episode. It was on Audible, so if you want that, you can just look up, like, God of War 2018, and it'll be there. It's pretty good, because it, like... Like what Mike said about how it's like one continuous movie, how you just go through and everything. This kind of like delves deeper into like their thoughts and stuff like that. And they also kind of like 
in the game, you're just running through, you kill shit, you save the game, you move on, you go through the levels and stuff. This is, like, it, it mentions about how they have to, like, sit and camp and eat for the night. And then, you know what I mean? Like, thoughts are going through a trace set, thoughts are going through Kratos' set. So it's cool to listen to the novelization of everything. Uh, yeah. So we're going to go over to characters and any questions that these guys have that might enlighten some stuff for people who don't know shit about God of War series that may listen to this. Because if you don't, you need to. <laughs> Again, I think I said this last episode too, if you don't have time to buy and play the game, at least go on YouTube and watch the fucking cinematic fucking movie for it. Like, it's definitely worth it. Isn't that what you're doing? Oh, I'm watching like a, like a YouTuber play it, but yeah. Basically, yeah, same thing. It's just like I don't know, just see like hearing the characters like talking to each other while you're just walking around, like it's just interesting. It's yeah, just, it's yeah, cool. that that was kind of the cool part and kind of what I mean by like going into the characters and their backstories to set up. It'll be easier to go through the narrative to like kind of like set up things for people. Mm-hmm. You listen to this episode, and then when you go through actually what happened, they also added about like ten or so hours. They say like it takes about thirty <laughs> to forty hours. You know, depending on what you're doing and how you do shit. Like, if you go for everything, it's probably going to take you about 40 hours to finish God of War 2018. This one's, like... So that was, like, 30 to 40 range. This one's, like, another 10 hours, like, around the 40 to 50 range. And it took me about 55, 55, 56 hours to platinum it on the PlayStation 5. I'm playing a second playthrough right now on the second highest difficulty. But it's just so fun. And just like what you said, it's just, like... I just end up taking that extra time to go around and listen to them try to, like, get another conversation in and, like, say something. It is really... I don't know what it is about it. It's just, like, them just talking about, like, just the history of everything and stuff. It's like, so Ramir, cool. like, throwing in little bits or, like, cra- like even when Kratos, like, mentions something from his past, it's so crazy. Yeah, that's what I, I remember talking about on the other one, about how much he's like, opens up mm-hmm. in this one. And he, like, talks... The one fucking funny-ass part I love about it was he says something like, uh... Sorry, let me adjust this. Got to make sure everything's coming through all right. Mic check. Testicles one, two. Sorry. <laughs> Thought there was like a little glitch there. Or something. But yeah, uh, the one thing that he said, he says, uh, Mamira says something about, uh, is there any pre fimble winter foods that you uh that you miss brother to kratos and kratos says olives and he's like the hell's an olive <laughs> and it's just like hearing mamir not know what the fuck anything was and then thinking about it is like yeah they wouldn't like up in you know up in the north they wouldn't know what an olive is at all just such a cool game such such a really really cool game yeah so the part the other day where uh like i haven't watched uh i haven't watched anymore in a little bit but uh Spoilers, by the way, just... You're gonna I wasn't going to spoil anything, but I was going to say he talks about his family. Like, when he talks about his family, I finally saw that part. Oh, yeah. 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 It's very cool. He very, like... And he openly does it, too. It's not yeah, like... He, like, it goes pretty deep into it. Yeah, like, he tells someone, like, yo, like... I still... Every time he talks about it, though, he never mentions, like... Yeah. They're on me. That's why... <laughs> that's why I'm this pale. I'm not like, just cold. It's my dead wife and family. Yeah. <laughs> I had a sister. You're closer to her than what you think. <laughs> his hand holds up his hand. Say hello. 
and in the, the one game, uh, might have been Ascension, or the Ghost of Sparta, one of the, I don't know, one of those other games of his and stuff like that when he, when he goes to, like, Elysium and he has to fight, uh, he has to fight Hades' wife, and she gives him the ultimatum to, like, stay with his daughter and, in Elysium, but he doesn't, so it's kind of also, like, that kind of, when he talks about that, like, all that's behind that, too, you know what I mean? Like, he had a chance to be with his daughter, but with, if he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been with And then again with the light, too, like, in the 2018 Guard of War. Yeah, yeah, how they explain it a little bit more, how they explain how, like, people without souls uh, go to the light of Alfheim. Not people, sorry. Not regular people, because they're like still bound on the Valhalla Helheim thing. Their souls would go to hell. Or Valhalla, there's like animals or giants and stuff like that. Or elves, when they die, their souls go to the light of Alfheim. It's interesting. Fills in a lot of blanks. Mm-hmm. Really cool game. Again, if you can't play it, watch it. But, what do we got, Mike? Oh, I got a couple new stories, you know. You know. That's how I do. <laughs> I really did like this first one. So, uh, every monk in Thai Temple defrocked after testing positive for meth. <laughs> Wait, what? Every monk in the temple tested positive for meth. Every monk in the temple. So they were all kicked out. Well, who kicks them out? Another, a higher monk comes from somewhere else. So now else. there's just an abandoned temple. <laughs> well, they'll probably refill it with new conscripts or just send them in there. Wow. So a Buddhist temple in central Thailand has been left without monks after all its holy men failed drug tests and were defrocked, a local official said. The monks have been sent to a health clinic to undergo drug rehabilitation. It says the temple is now empty of monks and nearby villagers are concerned they cannot do any merit making, he said. Which is, like, it's a part of their religion where they, uh, worshippers donate food to the monks as, like, good deed for, like, good karma, basically. All of them. <laughs> uh, I wonder if they're reaching spiritual enlightenment. They've been up for a fucking week. <laughs> fucking zooming around. Yeah. And it's, fucking like, zooming, bro. Well, and, like, what are they doing in the temple? Like, because usually they're just, like, meditating and shit. Like, yeah. you're not meditating when you're on meth. I mean, you can I don't know if you're concentrating like that no, bro, while you're, you're tweaked concentrated. out. <laughs> you know, yeah, but I don't know if you can just like sit still long yeah. enough to fucking. I don't I mean, know. Yeah, if I... yeah, you're right. Like when you get when you get bad into it and stuff, you're doing it the first know. couple of times. Like <laughs> just imagine yeah, smoking a fucking it's right boat. Just a couple of monks dip dabbling. No, yeah, yeah, the you're entire right. Entire fucking. Temple. You're right. Yeah. You're right. They all have a problem, but I'm just still saying like. The first time you got zooted off a couple different things, tell me you didn't just plant you somewhere and you was just I mean, like, I played me some Call of Duty, but I don't know if I could just fucking reach enlightenment. Like, I'm just going to sit there, just go on for the next like fucking... Bro, shut the fuck up. I've done drugs with you. We have sat Not from in tweaking, your bro. car, just sitting at random places around town, doing fucking... <laughs> stuff. So We would go and play basketball, though. <laughs> on certain with certain things, or go to the pub and play some ping pong. Okay, we're not going to go into this. <laughs> Someone needs to get these monks some acid. That will get them to enlightenment. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Do something that won't feel. Fuck! Like I heard test. that's what Steve Jobs basically did at one point in his fucking life. He went and saw some Buddhist monks. A lot of people tripped did. his ass. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. like alcoholics and stuff like that. I just saw a thing where like Ron White did it. The old comedian. 
tater salad. Yeah. Well, because he drank so much, and then he got to yeah. The no, I saw he's sober, like, yeah, bro. You gotta, you gotta quit drinking. Like it's bad for your health. And he's like, "Fuck, you're right." And then he's like trying to kind of come back from it. He said his mental, you know, state was a little fucked up, and he went and they told him to go have this ayahuasca experience. And he said the first the first night that he did it was pretty rough. I think he threw up or something like that. It didn't feel good. Then the yeah. next night he's like, "That's when it happened." <laughs> he's like, "That's." He's like, "It was wild, man." And then you have the flip side of that, where like with the Manson family, Tex Watson, like the guy who like really did all the murdering and stuff like yeah. that, he ate a big fucking like psychedelic root out of the desert right before they went. <laughs> peyote. They tell you, I don't know. No, I don't think it was peyote. I think they it was tell you one. not to fucking eat that kind of shit. Yeah. Even like cactus juice will fuck you up. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, the official said more monks would be sent to the temple to allow villagers to practice their religious obligations. Thailand is a major transit country for methamphetamine flooding in from Myanmar's uh, troubled Chan state via Laos, according to the United Nations. On the street, meth pills called Yaba sell for less than 20 baht, around 50 cents. Jeez. Meth in particular... What if it's like Adderall for a fucking... What country is this? Uh, Thailand. Okay. You can, get a, you can go get yourself some Yaba and find a lady boy. <laughs> All for fucking 200 baht. <laughs> yeah. 50 cents? That's well, cheap, bro. It's that's fucking cheap. Thailand, well, bro. Is 50 cents. Well, you said that's what these were going for, yeah. right? Yeah. That, okay, yeah. So sorry. Hey, man. That's it's, what I was it's talking Thailand. About. Shit cheap. is cheap. and Well, that's what I mean. Is like sometimes it's like we take, like, I mean, over here, some of those pills go for dollars on the... You know what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. But over there, I bet it's actually... And just to think of, like, that conversion and shit like that. Obviously, cost of living. It's just like you said. It's totally different in countries like that. But still, it's just, like, how actually cheap in some of these places you can go to. Well, especially because, like, in places like that, it's just being made on a mass scale. Yeah. There's no, like, not as much enforcement. No one so. gives yeah. a shit. Yeah. Like you go out to the jungle and go just have a fucking meth factory. Yeah. yeah. Like, you come out and stop. A fucking factory. Yeah. Yeah. You come out and stop us. Motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, that's that's wild. Just about like how much not how just, much information isn't there for the people about it, and then they, and then on top of that, they just fucking make it so cheap. Shit, yeah, cheap that just like the Colombian it. fucking coke field. Give it to the fucking monastery. Yeah, that is your good karma to the monks. Yeah, I got a couple <laughs> medals. Good karma, fucking, thank you. Give them that red shit. Oh, thank you, benefactor. <laughs> Thank you, Sensei. So, I guess my question is, what made them get drug tested in the first place, dude? So obviously, if they're all, if yeah, they it's fucking bad. tweaking, bro, yeah. and then some, yeah, but who knows if that? Whole, like, if like the whole who mon- that's what I'm saying to like Mike. It's not like they're just like sitting in their rooms, like, and someone's just like getting blazed like once a week. Like, obviously, if they all. Didn't pass drug tests. Like it's a problem. Who's reporting them though? I like that some... Yeah, dude. <laughs> Who's reporting them? Like, did they just happen to smoke some meth in front of another fucking? Well, it didn't say. Yeah, bro. They probably I, I guess it's it. probably like one of like the temple goers, like the regular like community people in the community yeah. were like, these monks are kind of like tweaking out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they probably reported be, yeah. them. Yeah. And they might not just be freebasing it. They might be shooting Dude, it at yeah. that point. Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, they probably see them, like, all I faded do, out or Every fucking up. service at the temple was just it's covered with pill residue. I'm just thinking about how clean everything is. Like, they fucking are. They're probably some good monks. Leave them alone. <laughs> For, like, doing bows. Like, yeah. fucking Billy in a second. They just come up to greet you, do 100 bows. <laughs> 
Sensei says I must do one million push-ups before I can go to bed. <laughs> I'm halfway done. <laughs> It's been five years. <laughs> the UN said uh, meth, in particular yaba, can be easily found in every corner of Thailand. Supplies up everywhere. At this point, a tablet is cheaper than a beer. Jeez. Yeah, see, there, like, that's, uh, like, it's wild, man. I can go pay three dollars for this beer, hey. or I could just get a whole pocket full of meth. <laughs> exactly why the drug market has always stimulated the economy. I actually something I want to do in the future. I saw I saw uh, some like information that was released about the C how like I think it was like during uh, Nixon. Like this is a lot more like evidence came out of the CIA just taking a bunch of coke and like. Oh, it's been admitted that they yeah. fucking they created crack and distributed it to the inner cities. Like yeah, it's proven now. That now. Like, now the. Like, but like a lot more like yeah. actual like evidence is coming out. Like yeah, now we're getting to the time where they can they can find it and like actually like release that. Yeah, show people. It was you. <laughs> There's a picture. Yeah, pretty much like old man in the fucking like nursing home. It was you. <laughs> we just don't did what the president told us. Uh, authorities across Southeast Asia and around the globe have made record meth seizures in the recent months. We talked about a little bit of them. But uh, last month in Hong Kong reportedly made its biggest ever seizure of meth, finding 1.8 metric tons of liquid meth hitting in cartons of coconut water en route for oh, Australia. Yeah, yeah. What are they? They were in coconuts. This yeah. is just like in the containers of coconut water, though. Yeah. But metric tons. 1.8 metric tons. Wow. Well, I mean, liquid. That's still a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. A little. I, oh, okay, well, okay, I guess what? One th- or 2,000 pounds is a ton. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it was almost 4,000 pounds yeah, of pallet, liquid meth. Yeah. It's a pallet. Pallet meth. A couple pounds, man. I mean, that's, I would say that's a lot of meth. <laughs> uh, in August, authorities found two tons of meth hidden in marble tire, tiles shipped from the Middle East to Sydney in what police would describe as the largest marble ever seizure. Marble They really tiles. do come up with inventive ways to fucking transport that stuff. Uh, also in the August. Tiles? I, they probably, like, would have to, like, carve them out in the middle or something, have, like, a false bottom. Yeah. Wow. Uh, in August, Mexican soldiers seized almost 1.5 tons of meth and 328 pounds of apparent powdered fentanyl. At well, a good thing they just worked for the State. cartel, anyway. <laughs> uh, and in July, more than 5,000 pounds of meth was found in a record-breaking seizure in Southern California. Okay. So that's just going around. I mean, it kind of always feels like it has. The monks got their hands on it. They get the pure shit though. I really like to imagine good. just like some dude like donated it to him, and they're like, "Oh, what is this? Let's try it." I'm hung- it looks like salt or sugar. <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle. I'll make sure you put this on some foil. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta melt it down. <laughs> Those monks were doing what they had to do. Yeah, now they're not. Well, now they probably still are, but. No. <laughs> For our next story, we have a man who ate 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days. Says it felt like the right thing to do. Yeah, look at this guy. What is that? What's he holding up? I think that's the empty plate. Plate? Oh, okay. Because I was just like, what kind of fucking trophy is that? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what does that have any significance to a trophy? I think it's like the empty container that chicken comes in. Yeah, that makes sense. Just for, did he win an award or something? Nope. No, he just did this of his own volition. And the, why are there people that actually care about it? He was post. He did it for. He posted, was posting about it on like social media, and people that, just started following him. That'd be like me saying, "I ate food for forty days." Well, you eat a whole rotisserie chicken every day. Woo! Yeah, this is a. Uh, 
the celebration as he was finishing it. <laughs> on the beach? Oh, it's in Philly. It's from oh, the, yeah, oh. it's by the river. <laughs> Not on the beach at all. <laughs> Chicken, Chicken man. man. Chicken man. <laughs> He's <laughs> standing up in the middle of all those people. Like, what? Like, it's just... It's so wild that this type of camaraderie yeah, happens it, in the world. It's like the Josh fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when all the Joshes got together. Yeah. It was like a little 14 or 15-year-old that wanted it or oh, something. Oh, he was like a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. But isn't it wild? Like, I know. Oh, yeah, someone, like, someone made like, a dumb mind. comment on the internet, and then all those Joshes met in a field, and they fought it out. The only yeah, time that one's shit funny. like this happens this is, like, is just... Yeah, or like, like when everyone said that they are going to meet at Area 51. Yeah, and, and nobody showed did. up. Yeah, yeah, some, some people, people showed up. Oh, I thought it was... Obviously, it wasn't like thousands and thousands, but there was like some crazy... I think there was one dude arrested because he actually like ran past like the yeah. fence and everything. I mean, you're lucky that's all that happened was you getting arrested. But it's just wild, like around where we live, like the t- this type of shit only happens when like someone dies. And it's funny, I mean? I've like, seen those Someone dies unexpected, so we do like the candlelight vigils, and not even all the time, like that doesn't even happen, but... That's just like the only time I can imagine that many people. And like, that's a lot of fucking people. That yeah, just, just, just to watch somebody just, eat, like, yeah. the re- to eat like a rotisserie how many chicken. Just came by and they're just like, oh, this, What's this going looks on cool. Here? What's happening? Yeah, just like, wait oh, till you what he says ch- about it. Like, it's like a fucking religious experience for this dude. <laughs> that guy who did, did you, uh, I can't remember if we ever covered the guy who does uh, Joey Chestnut's introductions to his fucking... Dude. Oh, Oh my God. They're so fucking... They're the dumbest thing ever. I know. He's so good at it. so epic or whatnot. But (laughs) this shit that he says is just so fucking hilarious. I mean, Joey is, like, number one in the world. Oh, I was coming back from the bathroom at work. He's championships than anyone, I think. Like, in any pro... I think he has the most championships out of any pro, like, sport... Like person at all. Ever. There are a couple people that are coming up on him. Fucking Matt Stoney's another good one. I mean, uh, bearded beard versus meats. Uh, he's gotta, meat he's gonna die of something hmm. in his stomach later on. I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know because like he's, huh? like he's not like that, and he's not that shoe nice. I and he's not that big. Like, oh yeah, that's what I mean. He's like, gonna eat him. Like I, I just meant more like is he? Apparently, a lot of pro eaters puke it all back up as soon as they're done. Yeah, and that's not good for you. Oh, I know. Fuck that's no. Terrible. Yeah, and it's like that. Yeah, having your, that stomach acid coming up through your esophagus every day. And that, too. that you're also like that's not normal for your metabolism yeah. to go through that fucking cycle. It's just like I don't know. He's good at what he does, though. You guys oh remember? yeah, obviously I I've said that before. Yeah. Like, live I love watching die by the sword, but I couldn't know. No, I love watching the hot dog eating contest growing up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that, dude, that shit I, was funny <laughs> because it was that it was that Asian dude. I can't remember his fucking name, but he was the one who won it for like eight years in a row, and then Joey Chestnut finally popped up on the scene like and just 15. fucking took over, and yeah. he's been Chestnut, unstoppable Chestnut. ever since. I'll show you yeah. how these Americans do it. <laughs> I was coming back from the bathroom at work and I just hear the first like some of the dudes the first quality say Joey Chestnut and I'm like wait what <laughs> why are you guys talking about him continue sorry uh, yeah what does this man say I've actually <laughs> so his name's Alexander Tominsky and people call him the Philadelphia Chicken Man he says the self-imposed mission left him traumatized 
He doesn't know why he decided to eat 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days. He simply felt compelled by a force deep inside. Only a chick, only a rotisserie chicken, or can he eat other things as long I, as I think he can eat other things, but like he has to eat the rotisserie chicken every day. That wouldn't be that bad. I love chicken. Uh, he said, I keep saying this, but it's the truth. It just felt like the right thing to do. It was something in my subconscious that was pushing me to the longevity to, uh, of at least of at least seven days, and then 30 days. And then at 30 <laughs> days, I didn't feel enough pain, so I took it to 40. Because originally he was going to do 30, and then on day 30, he said he didn't, like, it wasn't enough. He had to keep I'm going. I'm not in enough pain. He went too far, apparently. <laughs> he said he felt pain along his self-imposed journey. Now he can barely stand to think of the birds. In fact, he's he said he's completely lost his appetite for food altogether. Uh, Tominsky's intimate and graphic descriptions of rotisserie chicken, a seemingly ordinary grocery store safe, would border on the obscene. A rotisserie chicken is almost like a sensory overload, like the smell, the way it sounds when you pull it apart, the taste, like everything. Every bit about it is just very amplified when it comes to your senses, he said. He polished off his 40th bird in front of a group of ardent fans to the tune of Bruce Springsteen's Streets of Philadelphia. He said my adrenaline was pumping. There was just so much serotonin dancing around inside my skull that the flavor wasn't really even something that was in my consciousness at all. Just the sound of people screaming with joy, he said. At first he was surrounded by caution tape to keep the onlookers from getting too close, but then he found himself in need of energy and support to swallow down the last portion of the fowl. So he cut the tape and let the people in. Everyone surrounded me, and it was almost ritualistic. There was just swarms of people circling me, and just the heat was radiating off their bodies. There were seagulls flying in circles above, and then the most magical thing happened, he said. A bee flew around the chicken, landed and took a little piece, and worked its butt off to fly away with a little morsel of the poultry. Everyone in the audience just started screaming. What the fuck? And that's when I knew that this was something special. This isn't just someone eating chicken. <laughs> he said, my body started to reject not just chicken, but just food in general. I think that I might be from the, from the sodium, he said. So I actually had to, and this is going to sound ridiculous, basically drink the chicken. So I would have to, like, liquefy it in my mouth before I swallowed it. That way it would go down. Remember what I said about Zac Efron said he did that shit? Wait, what? For Baywatch. Yeah, when, oh. he, fucking, when he was on that fucking stuff, it's like, you just eat so much chicken breast. He's like, eventually, he's like, you just can't, he's like, it just gets, like, chewy. It's like, you can't take, he's like, eventually, he's like, I just pureed it. He's like, I would, and they're just like, oh my god. He's like, yeah, I would just fucking just drink chicken breast. And it's like, <laughs> That's foul, bro. That is fucking foul. Asked if we'd ever eat one again. He didn't hesitate. No, no, never. I'm pretty sure that I'm traumatized. Oh, yeah. A whole bird for 40 days. I mean, it, you, you're right. It doesn't seem, like, hard, but it's just the fact that you, like, you wake up in the morning and you're like, I have to eat a whole rotisserie chicken today. <laughs> or you look at it like, oh, I get to eat a whole rotisserie chicken yeah, but today. On, on day 39, you're like, all right, I would like something. I would like. Yeah, but you just, cool but, so you he couldn't. Eat, you can't. No, I think you could eat other things. Then there's no reason for but, it but he's to also like, oh, even if I do eat this other thing, I still have to eat a rotisserie chicken later. Do you want I to don't start care. this? Yeah. Hey, can you go 41? You'll be the All chicken right, man. I'll go 41. You want to beat him? You Fuck yeah, I'll go 40 bird. fucking one. I'll eat a whole fucking bird. <laughs> I eat chicken I every fucking day. I need a picture every day. I need two pictures. Oh, huh? I need a picture of the full bird and the de- and the, the gone bird. Someone else in has to pay for it. In today's newspaper. It's like a fucking ransom note for a chicken. <laughs> 
You should play that video now that we have the context again. It's ritualistic, the seagulls flying around. Yeah, I gotta see this seagulls. I just don't... You should uh, full screen it. I don't... I just don't get the fucking bird. Like, the bee thing. Yeah. So it the, took a piece off, so that was one less thing so he, he had. Didn't to, even, yeah, yeah, he didn't even complete the challenge. Chicken man, chicken man, chicken man. There's gotta be at least 100 people there. Oh, easily more than that, dude. There's definitely more than 100 people. Yeah. A few hundred, at least. From this angle. <laughs> I did it! Just, like, gnashing on it. Yay! <laughs> they're literally like so. How many they were fucking hyped. <laughs> they're just so proud of him. Oh yeah, he has like a channel and everything. That's amazing. I think I linked it there. If you, you can put it in the description, then if you Twitter. wanted to watch his journey, yeah, he posted everything there. I think. Oh my god! <laughs> Unbelievable. So this next uh, one kind of kind of related. Florida traveler stuffed gun into raw chicken and tried to bring it on the plane, TSA says. Wow. <laughs> that's really gonna work. Sir, can you just put your bird to the x-ray machine? Is it the fucking gun in it? <laughs> sure! <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, there's all... I, I have to warn you, there's a lot of puns in this one. <laughs> of course there are. A prospective air traveler was roasted by the Transportation Security <laughs> Administration on social media after officers with the federal agency said they caught the person trying to conceal a gun inside a raw chicken stashed in their carry-on luggage. So you just have a chicken just in your bag, just raw, and then you, you just put a gun it. in it. <laughs> and then you just put a gun in it. The weapon was flagged by TSA at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport in Florida, where officers found it wrapped in what looked like a thin paper packaging and hidden inside a raw chicken. The post shared to the official TSA Instagram account included photos of the uncooked bird being examined in an airport security screening area and the gun once it was removed and unwrapped. As caution leaned heavily into Thanksgiving-themed puns, starting with, there's a personal foul here. The plot chickens as we barrel away closer to the Thanksgiving, a TSA spokesperson wrote. For us, it's a time to be thankful that our officers are always working around the cluck to keep you safe. Take, for instance, this hen you believe it find at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. We hate to beak it to you here, but stuffing a firearm in your holiday bird for travel is just a waste of time. <laughs> it's like, these aren't even like puns, they're just like kind of sound similar words. Like, it's not even like. This idea wasn't even half baked. It was raw, greasy, and obviously unsupervised. Oh my god. The only roast happening here is this poor packing choice, the caption continued, adding, Feather you like it or not, there are rules for traveling with guns and ammunition. Cuisine for a full Thanksgiving menu, including fresh meat and seafood, are permitted in carry-on luggage as long as travelers abide by federal packaging guidelines, which are available on the TSA website. <laughs> Remember, people looking to travel with guns and ammunition are required to pack unloaded weapons in locked hard side containers in their checked bags. And the uh, discovery at the uh, airport is among many bizarre finds. TSA officers at airports across uh, the U.S. Last year, a chain trail was flagged in New Orleans. And something the agency called a meth burrito was confiscated in Houston. Assuming it's just a burrito full of meth. 
Yep. Just wrap. <laughs> Math wrapped in a tortilla. A bunch, a bunch of Yava just in the fucking tortilla. <laughs> how do those to how do those people in Thailand get tortillas? <laughs> this next one isn't very long, but I really like that picture. A British fisherman catches a monster-sized goldfish, nicknamed the carrot, which is also very misleading because I actually read this one too. Uh, what do you mean? Everybody says it's a goldfish, but it's not. It's a carp. Yep. Holy sh... Really? Yeah. yeah. That's a carp? The whiskers on the face are an indicator. They do look like a goldfish, though. They, oh, absolutely, yeah, because orange? of the orange, but it's just I didn't a, even know carp could... Well, what, where's he from? It's in France. Oh, okay, that's probably... Uh, we're fishing in France. A British man named Andy Hackett, 42, caught a monster-sized carp nicknamed the Carrot, and he made the final fishing Blue Water Lakes in Champagne... Uh, the twenty-year-old female carp weighed sixty-seven point five pounds. That's a big pig. Yeah, and they fucking they fight normally. <laughs> <laughs> they fight not weighing sixty-seven yeah. pounds. I don't know. She might have tired out pretty quick though. <laughs> he said, "I knew it was a big fish when I took my bait and went off side to side and up and down with it." Hackett told the Daily <laughs> Mail. Then it came to the surface thirty or forty yards out, and I saw that it was orange. It was a brilliant catch, but it was also sheer luck. He said. Yeah, I got a goldfish. <clears throat> I mean, I'm out that thing. Hey, he released it again. It, that's like that lake. It's like just like a... Catch and release. Yeah, it's just like a thing. sport fishing lake or whatever. Like, I guess they, they had originally stocked that like five or six years ago. Hmm. It definitely wasn't that big then. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, that's what they said. Like They were surprised how big it had grown. What are you feeding that thing? Hmm. I saw this one, and this one's funny, too. I yeah, love that I one. Say, this, is, this is Brian. <laughs> no, I, I, was I, thinking, Brian I was thinking Carson. <laughs> Carson in 20 years. He would fucking say that sometimes. He's like, yeah, after a run, I gotta have a sink to catch my breath again. I mean, yeah. That's how it be feeling. Yeah. Uh, that's how it be feeling. Chinese man, 50, runs marathon in under three and a half hours while smoking cigarettes. And marathon is in 26.2 fucking miles or whatever marathon. Yeah, I think it was a full marathon. Yeah. like On November 6th, a runner that goes by the nickname Uncle Chen ran the Xanaging Marathon in three hours and 28 minutes while chain-smoking cigarettes, according to Canadian Running. After the race, photos of Uncle Chen chain-smoking surfaced on the Chinese social media app Weibo, and they have since gone viral. When people online began questioning the legitimacy of accomplishment, marathon organizers shared his finishing certificate from the marathon. He miraculously finished in 574th in 3 hours, 28 minutes, and 45 seconds out of a group of nearly 1,500 competitors. So he, like, almost top third. Yeah. Pretty good. I was going to say, I think, like, sub three is, like, really good. <laughs> uh, this is not the first time the Chinese man who is 50 has gained notoriety for smoking while competing in a race. Uncle Chen was also photographed running in a 2018 race, as well as a 2019 race while smoking cigarettes. And he, uh, in the first one, he made a time of 3 hours 36 minutes, and then in the next one, he made a 3 hour 32 minutes, and there's the last one, 3 hours and 28 minutes. He's doing better. Yeah. <laughs> while some users on Weeaboo were frustrated that Uncle Chen was permitted to smoke while competing in the marathon, there are no rules that state runners can't smoke while competing. <laughs> <laughs> I do like in the other one where he's like pulling it out they had to like put that red circle so there like, like hey look he is doing it 
but not circling it around fucking his face. It's almost like like that one on the left's almost like the photogenic like runner pitcher, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's an old Chinese man. Yeah, I'm not running twenty six miles. What if I give you a pack of Siggies first? Fuck no. He's <laughs> like, I got a pack of Siggies. No shit, dude. Yeah. That's fucking wild, man. <coughs> Said he's getting better. <laughs> I gotta use the restroom real quick. <laughs> I don't know if you want to miss this next one, though. I was gonna say, is it, is that I'm the good. next one? Is the yeah. next picture that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that looks like it's going to be a funny one. (laughs) Still can't believe those monks, though. Dude, like, good. I, I, again, who actually reported them? Like, and why? (laughs) Like, were they doing anything wrong? I I wish I could have just, like, seen it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Them just running, (laughs) like, you go, bow, 100 times. Say your prayer three times, three thousand times in a row. He just does it, just fucking really fast. A <laughs> place either had to be like destroyed or completely spotless. There's like no in between. <laughs> There's no gray. Yeah, because either they were like writing on the walls and shit, and like just doing crazy shit, or they were like all like too perfect. Just fucking. He could lick everything. It was so fucking clean. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go the clean route. They're monks. It makes me wonder what would happen if you did give like a bunch of monks like acid or something like that. That'd be pretty funny. They're just chilling. <laughs> oh yeah, we all just reached enlightenment just like that. <laughs> I mean, that's why I wanted to fucking try a bunch of hits of acid. Want to have that out of body experience? <laughs> oh, it's a fancy little jar. Yeah, it's just a jar. <sighs> we went back to talking about the meth monks. Yeah. It's a good basketball team name, I think. We determined it either had to be extremely clean or extremely dirty. Yeah, it was either like the temple was like just fucked or it was like pristine. True. Because I was like, were they doing anything wrong? Like, what made them... (laughs) What made somebody turn them in? (laughs) There was some suspicion somewhere, but what... It's not like they're going about... I don't know, man. Are they going downtown? Do you want to smoke meth with well, us? I imagine you show up, you're, like, giving, like, your alms or whatever to them, and you're, like, trying to pray or whatever, and you see a guy in the corner just fucking floating a boat or something. We don't know that that's what was going. That'd be funny as shit, but we don't know. What is he doing over there? Oh, damn. Something. John, happened. we told you go to the smoke room. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, it's okay. It'll only be Uncle Chan. No, the whole monastery. What? The whole monastery. 
Wait, you mean I, everyone? <laughs> oh, I ain't Mr. Miyagi. We're fucked. There was something in that tea. I knew it. There you go, waxing this one off. So we have a we have an unsolved mystery. Who, I mean, be, who destroyed that? <laughs> it's the mystery of the exploding toilet at a Texas dental office. Mike, you said that was you. <laughs> you said that was you, Michael. I'm gonna scroll up here. I'm gonna find it. I know I said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Just kidding. So Maggie Kiefer works at the front desk at Circle C Dental in South Austin. On a Tuesday morning, the 31-year-old headed to work to open the office as she usually does. But when she arrived, she immediately recognized that something was off. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> My spidey senses are tingling. <laughs> she said there was this acidic, putrid smoke throughout the entire place. It burned All right, to that breathe. makes sense, though. <laughs> it was pretty scary, she said. She and her colleagues determined that the smoke was coming from the staff bathroom in the back of the building. What they saw there shocked them. <laughs> Our toilet exploded, she said. <laughs> Had to pause for dramatic effect. Oh, I'm sorry, I need a snack. <laughs> it was black, and looking up at the ce- and looking up at the ceiling where the vent should have been, there was just a black hole. <laughs> I, I had no question, no answers, just a lot of questions. The scene was unrecognizable. What previously was a toilet had become a stub. Shards of ceramic, sh- of ceramic shrapnel covered the bathroom floor, and closer to the toilet or toilet stub, pieces of it had heated to the point that they melted into a black sludge. Thankfully, no one was injured. The Austin Fire Department came to investigate the incident. Their theory was that the ceiling vent overheated, set on fire, and dropped onto the toilet seat, which started to burn. The toilet, AFD said, then got so hot that the ceramic pool cracked. Mm -hmm. In my 30 years of experience, I've never seen anything like it, Lieutenant Ron Hudo said. Kiefer did have another theory, though. She found a news story of a toilet in Oklahoma that suffered a similar fate. And <laughs> like, you know what? I just don't trust this. <laughs> okay this. Well, in this instance, well, I mean, I mean, it must have been, like, stuck in her head. Like, every day at work, she's like, what if the toilet explodes again? But uh, like, I'm not going to be sitting there. <laughs> I need shit coming out, not going in. Shit coming up on my bottom. In that, Holy shit. In the news story from Oklahoma, a lightning bolt struck an apartment building, traveled through the, ex- <laughs> traveled through the exhaust vent, and exploded the toilet. Yeah, fuck that. No one was injured in this event either. She said the toilet explosion from Oklahoma looks similar to theirs. So I don't poop during a thunderstorm. That might be the wildest shit. I, I've heard of... Snakes my, coming when, out of toilets. When I was a kid, my parents were the big one, like, don't shower. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, is that true? I'm still not sure. I really shows? don't know. I'm still not <laughs> I sure. Mean, I guess, like, if your house probably isn't grounded or something. <laughs> Where's our smoke? I'm going to fucking look that up and make sure. I thought that... Because growing up, I completely... Oh, for sure. Like, oh, thunderstorm, I wanted to get a shower. Fuck. I mean, they definitely, always, like, would tell us, but... Or it's like, I, get in, yeah, yeah. get in real fucking I knew quick. I they were say it, so I was just trying to sneak in. And yeah. once I was in, I'm like, yo, I'm... Let it be the fucking kill I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to die, but I'm going to get clean real quick. <laughs> Take five minutes, I'm in, I'm out. So, when asked about the chance that lightning caused the damage, the uh, the fire captain said that he didn't think there was any storms that day. When AFD left the dental office, uh, Hudo felt pretty confident that it was the bed fan that caused the destruction, 
but it was definitely unusual, he said. So, the local news meteorologist, Sean Kelly, looked Jeez. at the weather archives of the night the toilet exploded. He didn't see a record of lightning during the time frame this happened, but there was some rain. Kelly said that there could have been some lightning <clears> that wasn't detected by the radar. If lightning struck the toilet, it could explain why some of it melted. Lightning can heat the air it passes through to 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit, five times harder than the surface of the sun, she said. Yep. So, they think it was the vent. And this one lady thinks it was lightning. Yeah. Who's to say? I don't know. If you told me a lightning bolt hit that toilet, I would fucking believe you. For sure. (laughs) For sure. But... But the roof also being destroyed makes more sense. Well, but it's like, if the vent caught on fire, right, why did just the vent, like, why did not the whole building burn down? Like... Because it was hot or on fire dropped? I don't know. Because that's what fucking happened to CJ's apartment. His vent fan caught on fire and their fucking apartment burned down. Like, the whole building burned down. The gardens? Yeah. Wow. I never knew that. Oh, Yeah. That was fucking nuts when that happened. Yeah, I remember working at Piper, like, driving by, like, then we building mm-hmm. it every day going to work. Wow. I don't know. Another thing that makes me sketchy is that the back of it's not... Damaged in any yeah. way. There's, you can only see It's that just the bowl right that blew Well, and, up. like, it probably would be attracted to the water, like, whoop, right into the toilet bowl, you know? Yeah, but that's a lot of pipes to have to navigate. Yeah, to me... It well, looks- I mean, if, if it hits a vent on the roof, like a metal vent on the roof, right? Travels down into, like, the exhaust vent. The lighting would conduct down that. It would seach, search for, like, the shortest path from there afterwards. And just go right to the bowl. Probably. Possible. I mean, it's standing water, like... Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the vent fall. Because it okay. kind of looks there like it did. Because I've never seen lightning strike inside, but outside there's clear indicators of a lightning strike. Like the static, electri- the static electricity burning like the area around it and things like that. But... <coughs> Alright, this next one I guess isn't really like, I mean I guess it is news but it's not really like, like the other ones. But I thought it was something kind of interesting and like, just like crazy that like. That one? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like. I don't know, there's just, like, things in history that, like, seem like they were so long ago. But, but they, they really weren't, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, so, for this next one, the Tulsa Race Massacre survivor, known as Mother Randall, turns 108. Okay. And that was when, uh, well, I guess we'll get into it, but. So, Mother uh, Lassie Benningfield Randall, who turned 108 on November 20th, she's one of the last surviving victims of the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre. One of American history's most horrifying acts of domestic terrorism. Uh, according to the Black Wall Street Times, Mother Randall was still waiting justice for the carnage that occurred when a white mob in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with city approval, rampaged through the Greenwood District, where Black Wall Street is. I feel like we talked about this a little bit before. I think you might have. But like, we never like really covered it, but we just kind of like brought it up. When yeah. we were, I think it was when we were doing uh, Blair Mountain. Mm-hmm. But, uh... And the other remaining survivors of the incident are Mother uh, Viola Ford Fletcher, who is also 108, and Uncle Hughes Van Ellis, who's 101. And it's just crazy. She's, like, she's a Thunder fan. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, bet that's a KD jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Christy Williams, a member of the city's African-American Affairs Commission and the Oversight Committee for the 
1921 mass graves inquiry in Tulsa took to Facebook on the day to honor Randall. Here's to 108 times around the sun, Williams posted. Mother Randall, enjoy your special day. 108 years old. I can only pray to be so blessed. Happy, beautiful birthday. Uh, in between May 31st and June 1st of 1921, thousands of white Tulsa residents set 36 square blocks on fire, including the Greenwood District, bombed the area, and killed more than 300 black men, women, and children. The attackers rampaged after a small group of black military veterans stopped a mob from lynching 19-year-old Dickie Rowland. It's like, hey, don't lynch us, please. Mm, you know what? Just... You know what we hate more than... <laughs> you know what we hate You're more than you? You're stopping us from killing you. <laughs> I couldn't finish Fuck. it. I couldn't finish the sentence. Uh, it's mo- terrible. Yeah, really. Mother Randall's birthday coincides with the ongoing lawsuit against the city of Tulsa and other parties responsible for the massacre. Demario Solomon Simons of the Justice for Greenwood Foundation is one of the attorneys representing its known survivors in a public nuisance action that makes restitution claims based on an Oklahoma law. Mother Randall, one of the three last survivings of the Tulsa Race Massacre, is 108 years old, Simon said of her birthday via Twitter. Each year is a blessing. Every day that passes without any justice is a reminder of the failed system that still exists today. The Black Wall Street Times reported that in addition to the lawsuit, the city of Tulsa faced backlash last summer for how it handled the investigation into mass graves connected to the massacre. Following the swift reburial of 19 excavated graves from Oaklawn Cemetery, survivors, descendants, and oversight committee members accused the city of trying to cover up what happened. Soon after researchers learned one victim had a gunshot wound, there was a rush to rebury the others. Which is like, that's crazy. Like, you literally, you make a commission... To, like, try to excavate this stuff and, like, figure out what happened. And then as soon as you start doing that and you're like, oh, shit, this makes us look like bad guys because, you know, we were the bad guys. And let's just cover it all up again. It's like, what the fuck do you expect to happen? Uh, the excavations have since restarted, which has so far led to the discovery of 21 additional coffins. Uh, recently, the city of Tulsa... Uh, Tulsa County and Tulsa Region or Chamber, the Oklahoma Military Department, and, the other, or, uh, and other organizations considered responsible for the massacre presented a third petition to dismiss the case. The Justice for Greenwood Foundation wrote in an email to supporters on Tuesday that the defendants are waiting for the three elders to pass away, basically. Like, they're just gonna... Yeah, it's been almost a hundred fucking years. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, well, we're just gonna wait till they die, basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, Uncle Ellis will turn 102 on January 11th, and his sister, Mother Fletcher, will turn 109 four months later on May 10th. People in positions of power made just many just like you have told us to wait, Mother Randall told Congress last year, as noted by the Black Wall Street Times. Others have told us it's too late. It seems that justice in America is always so slow or not possible for black people, and we are made to feel crazy just for asking for things to be made right. It's just like, I don't know, you don't think of, like, people still being around from then, like... No, yeah, that's the that's the one main thing, is, like, we really act like segregation and stuff really wasn't in our parents' time. Yeah. <laughs> but it really fucking was, man. Really fucking was. Like, I don't know. There's definitely there's definitely kids who take it for granted who definitely, like, don't understand. It was like, yo, literally, like, back in some of our parents, like, when they were children, like, they grew up. And even, like, it may be not your parents, but, like, definitely grandparents. Like, yeah. guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> guaranteed your grandparents. And that shit was ingrained in them. There was no fucking change in their minds. Oh, no, just crazy. Well, even if that, or they just, like, grew up in it, and, like, they might not have thought of it, but they definitely had relatives that did. 
Yeah, it's like even if like you're not like that, it was just like the fact that it was so just normalized. Like, yeah. when was the, like the first? When was the first like non-segregated like school or it something st- like that? Started in the sixties, I think. Yeah. yeah, my parents were born in the sixties, dude. Yeah, like it's like they legitimately like would have grown up and like fucking went to school when that was like one of the first times that ever fucking happened. That's nuts. And then just like. Like I said, with the the graves, when they were, like trying to excavate it and like find out what happened, it's like, oh, we really did fuck up. Let's just cover it under the rug again. <laughs> like fuck. It's just act like we didn't. And then let's just wait for them to die. It's crazy. That is definitely crazy. I'm gonna pull one more bucket before we get started here. Well, I guess like we were talking about like the Blair Mountain thing. Like that kind of like gets back to like today. I mean, not like today today, but like this time because like the. Rare workers wanted a better contract, and the government made it illegal for them to strike, which is crazy. Like, the government just said, no, you have to work your job or quit. <laughs> like, that's your only two options. And they've, like, they've already been denied, like, pay, basically. Like, they owed, I think each each rare worker is owed, like, $11,000 at least to, like, $16,000 in back pay that, like, the rare workers just haven't been able to pay them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you quit, you don't get that then. So it's like you're basically held hostage for pay you already earned. And are never going to get. Yeah, well, they say it's coming in like four to five months, but you're going to wait four to five months to get your fucking paycheck? Like, what the fuck? You might as well just quit and find a new job at that point. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. fuck. But that's, the that's what they want. That's like, a substantial amount of money, though. Well, and it's like, if these people <clears throat> are so important that if they striked, it would cripple the country, like, yeah, cripple the economy. You mean if you didn't have the fucking railroad, where the fuck would we be? Yeah, like, we pay them what they, like, all they want is extra sick days. All they want is, like, four sick days or whatever it is, like, four extra sick days. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the fucking end of the world. Yeah, for the people building your country. Yeah, for, like, the, the people that are supposedly so important, if they went on strike, the entire country would shut down. Mm-hmm. You can't give them four more sick days? Yeah. And it's not like you really lose money. Like, you guys are already making yeah, yeah. money. You have the money. You just don't want to do it to them. Like, it's crazy. It's fucked up. <laughs> and then that's how it leads into things like Blair Mountain and uh, the other one we talked about where they lit all the camps on fire with the women and children still inside. Sad. I just saw something on Reddit today that, uh, apparently back in, like, Roman times, like, all the common people sometimes would just leave the city. Like, if they, like, were being mistreated or, like, weren't getting, like, concessions they wanted, they would literally just, everyone would just leave the city. Yeah, you don't have a fucking kingdom to rule over if you don't have anybody. (laughs) Just leaving the ruling class in the city to, like, defend it and take care of it then is like, well. (laughs) See ya. Fuck. (laughs) And back then, they weren't just tracking you down. What are they gonna do, all leave? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. We just set up a little shelter outside your little fucking city wall. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. I'll be merry men and live in the woods. Yeah. Uh, before we get started on our main topic, I have... Uh, have you guys heard of The Northman? Yeah. That sh- the, Did you watch it? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was something. <laughs> it was something. I would say it was probably... Yeah, I'd probably say it was pretty good. I liked it. It was all right. It was just a little awkward. Like, I don't know. I like the way they did with like the trip stuff. Like, and no, I like that. I'm saying like <laughs> how it ended. 
I guess. The the whole mother twist thing. Like, that's what got me. I liked how authentic <coughs> it was up until all that, like, drama shit twisted. Yeah. I understood they had to do something for the story. Like, you know, they had to twist something, but just, like, that stuff got me. But I loved how, like, the fighting looked authentic. Mm -hmm. You looked real. Like, he looked like he could, you know, when he was taking the dudes down, it looked like something that was, that wasn't just, like, some fake shit. That you know, not just choreographed, like, oh, whenever we hit our swords together in the air like this. Yeah. <laughs> but it also wasn't, like, some, like, beautiful, like, crazy Jedi fucking thing, too. Like, yeah. Didn't, you know what I mean? I hate it when they, when they make stuff that's, like, some, like, primitive fucking caveman doing some wild purette fucking Yeah, it's, thing. like, the only reason, like, the Jedi get a pass is because, like, the Force, like... That's the only reason they get a pass on that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's, like, technologically advanced Well, yeah, but I mean, like, for, like, knowing, those. like, where and, like, when to have, like, their weapons yeah. and stuff. No, like my, that, like, my thing is, like, the, how they do, like, the crazy footwork type thing. Yeah, oh, as yeah. if, like, you know what I mean? As if, like, that's how, like, fighting was done back then. Like, it was, and that's what I mean with this. Like, they're fighting with shields and stuff. The ending to it was a little awkward. And there's definitely some corny parts. I did like at the beginning, though, where he's, like... When he takes, like, his son, like, the main character, like, into, like, that cave or whatever, and they're, like, the meeting dog. with the shaman. Yeah. The like, dog. You enter as, like, a dog, and, like, they're, like, growling at each other and, like, doing weird <laughs> shit, like, eating out of bowls and shit. And it's, like, now you exit a man, and they, like, stand up after, like, doing stuff, and, like, they tripping balls at this point. Like, the priest, like, is, like, saying weird shit to them and, like, wearing these weird masks and shit. Calling them dogs. Yeah. And then, dogs. And then, as soon as they fucking, they're done, like... At, like, they, they go through, like, their ritual, their trip and everything. They finally get, like, cleaned up at the end because they've been, like, rolling around and shit. And then fucking they walk out. And then fucking the dad's brother murders him. And the son runs into the woods. And he, they, they try to hunt him down, but he gets away. <laughs> and, like, in there, the dad made him promise that, like, what, it was, like, something, like, if the I The whole ritual was basically him, like, in the beginning... Everything happens really fast in this, so, like, when we talk about stuff, like, there's parts where, like, it kind of, like, leads into, like, what it's about to, like, it'll say, like, kind of, like, one of the characters will, like, say what's about to happen, or it'll kind of, like, lead into it very obviously, and then, like, a snap of a finger, like, it just flashes to, like, some random shit happening. So, in the beginning, it's, like, you see the child, and you see his, like, father, the, the whole guy's, like, his father's coming home from, like, some sort of battle or something. Yeah, and you see, like, the wife is, like, kind of, like, flirting with the brother a little bit, like, that kind of shit. Yeah, and he, like, loves, you can tell, like, the kid, like, loves his father. Mm -hmm. I think his name's Arfindir or something like that. Yeah, Arf. something. Yeah, and uh, he comes back from some, like, raid or expedition or something, and, and when he comes back, he, he says about how he misses his son, and then they just go to this random thing where they, like, go into this Well, because uh, when, yeah, when he meets him, he's like, oh, you're... You're too old for me to greet you with a hug now, but he's like, but you're still my son, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then right, basically he, like, he, yeah, he's like, you're too young not to address as a man. Yeah, I think that's what it was, just to tell him like, hey, like you're, you know, you're too, you're, you're not a boy anymore, but you're still not a man. Yeah. And that's where like where um, before I go further is like where they they did really authentic stuff like that. I think they they did really try to be as close to like Viking rituals. As they, well, the one, the girl was like being sacrificed, and she was like the one singing the whole time. Yeah. Usually you hear shit like in the background, and it's like some like weird, but it's like she was actually singing like the ritual. But yeah, they go into this like temple, and the whole thing was like basically after <laughs> they do the dog thing and start tripping off this fucking weird shit, this weird soup mix or something like that. Uh, he he he's like telling the kid like yo like, 
you got to grow up, you got to protect, you got to be a man for, like, your family and the kingdom, like, if someone were to, like, if something were to happen to me, like, you're the heir, like, you got to fucking step up and be a man. And, and just then, like, fucking my, drilling it into his head. Like. While they're tripping balls on fucking shit. And then, like you said, like, immediately right after that, he's like, oh, man, this is wild. And then just, like, boom, it happens. And they literally walk out of, like, the temple thing, and it just gets fucking surrounded and done. They, like, and the kid just runs it, off yeah. in the woods. He just gets, like, shot with arrows. The one, like, goes through his fucking neck. He's just, like, sitting there, and then all, he, like, tries to fight all these people, and then they end up... He puts a good, he puts a good effort up, but... Well, I mean, yeah, he's a Viking. I mean, he's, he's still... To. I mean, he's surrounded by dudes with arrows already, and I'm like, he's fucked. I watched it with subtitles on it, so it was kind of cool, like, listening to... They don't, like, we call we call Valhalla Valhalla. They were saying, like, Valhul. You know what I mean? It wasn't, like, you know, it wouldn't, didn't translate completely. Well, yeah, it hasn't been, like, like passed through, like, ten languages down to English. Yeah, it was cool how they used, like, the Old Norse or whatever yeah. it is. Old Scandinavian or whatnot. I also, if you notice the one where he said his uncle Fjolnir, how he took the kingdom, and then the one guy was just like, ah, oh, he's like, he fled, he's a sheep herder now, once King Harold took it from him. <laughs> it's kind of cool how they did that, like, Harold Finehair from, uh, He's a character in Vikings, the show that we always mention in the in the podcast and stuff. But Harold Finehair was like the king back in the day that united like all of Norway, like all the fucking clans, and he was like the king of all the fucking jarls and shit like that back in the day. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he's you can play him in Crusader Kings too. I think it might have. I don't know if that's like based off a true story, like a a real like, Scandinavian poem or something like that, and it's based off of, like, some true tale of a real prince. Or Harold Finehair. Or Harold Tangle. No, no, Amleth. Oh, the oh, whole oh. Yeah, the whole Northman. I don't know if it's based off... I was, like, looking stuff up about it, and it was saying about how historically accurate they tried to make, like, the setting. Yeah, that's what I remember seeing about it. It's yeah. Like, like, it's, like, they tried to be as, like, as historically accurate with, like, just, like, the stuff in the movie as possible. Yeah. But at the beginning, it had just said about how it was a tale of a prince. But it, you know what I mean? It just, it was just, I think it was just saying that about the series or the show instead of being like, it's an an adaptation of a real story or like a saga from. Yeah. Might be though. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was interesting. Yeah, she, me, and, me and my girlfriend watched it last night. There's just parts where she just looked at me. She's like, really? Really? Like, come on. And I was just like, what? Like, just watch it. That's what it is. What's that fucking bitch's name? Anya something. Oh, I don't know. It's been the a blonde. Since I've seen it now. But, but. She's from Peaky. She's in Peaky Blinders. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Michael's crazy wife. Mm-hmm. Can't. I think her name's Anya. Some Taylor. I don't know. Oh, uh, Anna Taylor Joy or something. Anna yeah, Joy Taylor or something like that. She's either way. She's she's a great actress. Yeah, she uh. Queen's Gambit, if you haven't seen it, is really good. Yeah, I have that saved. I, I really like that. Yeah. I started it, and I fell asleep. I remember she was like, didn't she, like, snort something? Well, she's, like, basically, well, yeah, I mean, like, that's, like, the, like it starts off with basically at the end of the story, and then, like, goes back to, like, the, like her beginning of, like, her life, mm. basically, and then, like, shows up, and then, like, it ends up this season backwards started kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, basically, like, she's, like, orphaned, and uh, she, like, learns how to play chess from the janitor at the orphan, and she <laughs> just gets, like, crazy good at it 
they keep giving her like because it's like set like I think it was like the sixties or so, mm-hmm. and they keep giving her like these pills and just, like to like put her to sleep at night and like just keep her like tranquil and shit and kind of like she's kind of like tripping out basically on them. And so she would just stand there, like stay at the end, like at the end of the night, just stare at the ceiling, and like she just like can picture a chessboard on the ceiling. It just moves the pieces around in her head and shit. <laughs> and so she just plays chess with herself all the time. She just becomes really good at chess, and she's like. In the show, she's like the like the first like female like chess like really good chess player like she wins tournaments and shit like that goes like pro like goes to Russia plays against like the grandmasters and mm-hmm. shit. Is it based off true story? I don't know, but it's really good either way. Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things about it, and she's a good actress. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, she played good in Peaky Blinders. She was good in this, like playing. She was like a Slavic woman, mm-hmm. like a Slavic slave that came over there. That the main character fucking. Amleth, uh, he gets with. It was good. It was good. I saw How's Moving Castle for the first time the other night. It was really good. What was it? Uh, How's Moving Castle. It's uh, a Studio Ghibli movie, like Spirited Away or like My Name with Totoro, like one of those ones. Hmm. It was really good. I liked it. It's just really like pretty. Like that's like what those movies are all about. They okay. just, like, look really nice. The story was alright, but it's cool. I liked Is it. Is it an anime? Yeah. Okay, I think I. I think Spirited Away. I think I know what that. I don't. I've not, I haven't watched these, but I think I know what that one is because I see it on the internet all the time. Oh yeah, I mean, I like I've Spirited Away on a disc. Like it's. I don't know, I've always liked Spirited Away, but I've never really seen like any of the other ones. And I watched. Power Before Game you leave, show them to me. I want because I want to. I want to watch that. That's it. They're on HBO Max, so. Right on. I got it. I'll load it up here on the other. But yeah, yeah. It's not gonna be. We're not gonna take too much time. Or too much longer into the God of War Ragnarok uh, characters. I'm just going to add any questions that you guys have about the series we'll take up after I cover the characters. But, yeah, it's going to be short around this one just so we can get into the story next one. Because I think, uh, yeah, Mike, where you're at, you're as good... I mean, you're not even close to, like, what it gets to. So Yeah, I'm sure. I'm going to ruin some stuff for you. It's okay. (laughs) But it is really, yeah, it's fucking wild. I'm going to try not to ruin everything again. Try to cover, like, cover the story, but not, like, miss, you know, miss some good parts in there. So, like, the people who play actually get to see them. Because there's so many cool things, man. Like, they just wrap up so many. It's so wild that they wrap up, like, the, the story of Kratos and Atreus... And they wrap up, like, all those, like, stories of actual Norse, like, the gods and, like, how, you know what I mean? Like, how events are supposed to happen during, you know, for Ragnarok to even happen and stuff. That's what this whole, like, thing is about. Like, they see these prophecies. Or at the end of, you know, 2018, we talked about the mural and stuff and Mm -hmm. how his mom and the giants foresaw their whole journey. So it's about prophecy and stuff. And they see the mural, mural of Kratos dying. And that's... It's very prevalent in the game. Everybody knows about it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, how do we stop it? And Kratos is just like, we don't. <laughs> like, it's just like, we don't care about prophecy. Like, And they're just like, are you sure? Like, Oh, they say about, uh, <clears throat> there's the one point he's talking about, like, they, they bring up, like, the prophecy, basically. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, the one character says about the Norns, and he's like, oh, the, the fates of this land. <laughs> He's like, oh, I can take care of them, basically. <laughs> yeah, so you better get to watch it until next week because if you get into the story, I'm going to ruin some shit for you. That's all right. 
Um, yeah, I'm just gonna say some just, just some really uh, cool aspects, kind of like what, what we were just talking about there, is about how they wrap up these different stories. Um, something really cool that I that we found out off the bat is we found out who Mimir is. Mimir has mentioned. First off, Mimir ha- is the only person with a Scottish accent. It's like very prevalent. Like he's the only motherfucker with. Like, granted, they all have like English accents. It's not like Kratos has a Greek accent. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he has an Irish accent. Little awkward right off the bat, and fucking people have noticed about it. And he has mentioned about in the first one they've talked about when they're having the conversations Mimir has mentioned about how he had he had a homeland before and then he came here and started working for Odin so that's it so people were if you're like his homeland like you know what I mean so it kind of hints at the fact that they might be going to like a Celtic background hmm. you know what I mean like That'd for the next cool. one they you know and they like, nev- you never know like that whole like mythology is based around like heroes like and the like the like the fey realm where like the heroes would live there's like the hero realm like and there's like lots of just like super beings basically mm-hmm. that'd be cool it'd be really cool and like they're based around like conflict and stuff they're all yeah. like fighters and warriors i personally think that they're gonna stay if they, the next one that they go to there's gonna be egypt i think no matter what i mean i, I think that's just a go-to like i mean it, but but see uh, God of destruction. Wait, yeah, wait till we get to the end. Wait till we get to the story, and I'll be able to talk a little bit more about that because the end of the story comes in. I mean, if there's like a big fucking eye of horrors at the end of the story or something. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but you'll, but once you hear the, once you know the end of the story, it'll be, you'll understand why I say it. But couple different, couple different ways that they might be able to go there. But yeah, uh, who we find out who Mimir is is uh, Robin of the Goodfellows, hmm. or Puck. Puck is like. An old Celtic, I think it's like a fairy or something like that. And then Robin of the Good, Robin of the Goodfellows, I think that's how you say it. it. I could be butchering this. I don't know much about the Celtic background, but we found this out because there's characters in there that call him Puck <laughs> and call him. They mention like things about his past and stuff like that. And uh, Robin of the Goodfellows was written about by Shakespeare. He was like written in a play by Shakespeare, but he was also like this mythol like mythological creature or like deity back in the day again don't know much about him but it now confirms that you know what i mean like these things that we were thinking about people were thought about the mirror you know what i mean coming to this place they didn't know really who it was they had people had ideas that he was puck and then they actually call him puck in the fucking and it, in this it kind of leads to like the universe is bigger than people think kind of thing like because it's almost like like, before that, like, Kratos, like, dealt with all the Greek things, and that kind of just, like, stopped existing almost, and then, like, he yeah. goes to, like, the Norse, and it's almost, like, a different universe type thing, but now when they connect him back to, like, a different, like, culture and religion and stuff, it's all, like, together. Yeah, yeah so it's not a universe. I think we talked about this the last time we got up, but it, it does get confusing and stuff. It's, like, it does, it makes it easier, like, the world, it's not a universe, it's the world. Yeah. So, like, when Kratos destroyed Zeus and the Greek world, he destroyed Greece. Yeah, like, just, like, the area. Yeah, he destroyed the Greek area in the world, in the globe. Then he got on a ship and, and sailed north to get to Scandinavia and the Norse realms and stuff to Midgard. You know yeah. what I mean? So, now, 
whatever transpires during <coughs> obviously Ragnarok is happening. Like Fimble Winter is upon us. Boulder died. We talked about that last time. Now you'll like so that's how that works. Exactly what Mike said. Like it's not a universe. It's not like it's not like fucking Kratos destroyed the Greek world and then he like somehow like faded across the fucking cosmos yeah. and landed in this whole other fucking planet and it's Midgard and then these other nine realms like no it's all the same planet it's all the same fucking thing it's all the same world but yeah Kratos and Atreus are back it's about like two three years after like I've, there's a couple of different parts where like Kratos mentions two winners before but it's like there's other times where people say about it's been like three years. So Atreus is like a teenager at this point. He's yeah. not like a little, he's not a boy anymore. Boy. Boy. Brock and Sindri are back, the dwarves. Really cool aspects with them because they, they join you as like companions during certain parts of this one. Like I said, it's a little bit more stretched out. So there's different parts where, you know, narrative changes and when you go to different realms and stuff, you have different people with you. Mm -hmm. People, and it's it's cool to have, like, <laughs> Brock is awesome, yo. Dude, the one time, the one mission you get into, you fucking go to climb up a wall, and he jumps on your back, and he's like, guess we're doing this one boy style. <laughs> Dude, I'm lost. Doesn't he have, like, a fucking grenade, basically? Just, like, a bomb he yeah, throws? Yeah, they have. And the, which I, the one thing that I thought was really funny is I, I saw fucking Sindri does, too. Like, they throw these things, and they end up being, like, stink bombs or poison bombs or something. And the one that fucking Sindri had was a pumpkin. And all I could think of was, like, the Green Goblin and shit, and just throwing, like, <laughs> yeah, just them throwing pumpkin bombs. I thought that was so fucking funny. I'm coming for you, Spider-Man! Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they fucking help you out. They still, like, they fucking do up your... They help, like... You gotta find a way to trap. Before, in 2018, you used Tyr's Temple to travel between the realms. It's different in this one. You know, Odin's locked shit up. So you can't travel through Tyr's temple anymore. So it wasn't I thought it was because of Fimble Winter. It just didn't work anymore. No, Odin. Uh, well, since Fimble Winter, since you killed Boulder, Fimble Winter hit yeah. Odin locked up mm, realm travel. Okay. because um, he's got his fucking. He got it. He's got his. Well, I mean, roots Odin thinks everywhere. he's gonna die. That's just Ragnarok. But. Yeah, but he's got his roots everywhere. That's the main thing about yeah. Odin that you're trying that you're. That uh. This this version of Odin and Thor, might as well get into that. Odin and Thor, right off the bat, it's very obvious. At the end of 2018, we talked about how Thor, how Atreus has the vision of Thor coming to your house. You've been talking about Thor and Odin this whole time. They're the main antagonists. Well, that's like, how the game starts, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of. A little bit. Uh, this version of Thor and Odin is so fucking sweet. Like... There was the whole dynamic with Zeus about just, you know what I mean? Like, they played the whole, like, Zeus, you know, he knew the prophecy, he was afraid of you, he's blah, the blah, God blah. God. Yeah. Oh, no, now he's my daddy. Yeah. He did it to his father, he thought you were going to do it to him, you know. But this is like, they break, it. like, when you play this game, and you see, like, the relationship, like, first off, you're playing the whole game is like, the whole first game is like, with Kratos and Atreus, and the whole game is about your relationship with your son and father type thing, and then, now you're in this game, and right off the bat, like, they've grown, 
like that's something that's just like really cool is like you notice like it's, just, like it's been years and like he's a teenager so like they've been fighting they've been like dealing with thimble winter and stuff <laughs> and now like kratos at the end of the like like you said at the end of 2018 like he has no more shit to hide so he's way more open and way more fucking like him and atreus are more bonded together at this point and then you meet like thor and odin and you realize like why it was so important like why that's just so important in general like in fucking like what your relationships deal with people like their relationship is completely fucking different from the father and son relationship that kratos has and you know what i mean kratos is the most badass motherfucker there fucking is so like he could just like be a dick to his fucking son there's actually a really good there's a good line in here where he says something about like father like why didn't you raise me like a spark why didn't you train me like a spark oh yeah like do you not think that i could have handled it and he's like i don't think that you should have had to and he's like oh Thanks. I think it's like at one point he kind of explains like what Spartans had to go through. Is like you had yeah. to you had to fight your way to like the woods to train. You had to fight your way back, and then just to eat something, you had to make sure you killed something on the way, yeah. like that kind of shit. He's like, we fucking killed what we had to eat, or we starved. Like we fought, or we died. Like we fucking fought. It. We found our way back to camp. Or yeah, we fucking or we died. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it was just unforgiving. Like you didn't like that's. They, I think that's Freya. I think Freya's, like, asking him in the game yeah. or something like that. And he's just like, yeah, this is like what I did. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is how we were made. And, then, and it's kind of crazy, too, because that that's the mortal side of him. Yeah. Like, that's not even the god of, like, what the gods did to him. Like, that's just, like, how he was mortal. Like, when he was just a kid, he thought he was just, like, a mortal. And so he was just brought up, like... All the other kids in that Spartan, like, training group was like, why is he so fucking good? Like, he's fucking out. He's not even tired. Like, fuck, man. (laughs) There's another really good part where fucking Mimir yawns in this. Again, all the little, like, tiny talking. It's the best parts of it. It's It's so cool. Like, because, like, the relationships are so amazing. Like, Kratos and fucking Mimir are literally, like, brothers in this. Like, they've, like, he's totally, like, he likes Mimir. And that's so what Mimir always weird. says, he's like, brother, brother, brothers. Like, we're talking to both of them, like, brothers. Yeah. Like, he's never, he never addresses, like, he call, he would always, in the first one, he would call Kratos, like, brother. And then he'd call Atreus, little brother. In this one, he just calls them brothers. And then even, like, it's so wild, like, listen to them say his name. First time I heard him say, like, he's like, oh, Kratos. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> you didn't call him brother? And then fucking Kratos calls him brother. And then if you read, like I said, in this one, the journal is from Kratos' perspective. Sometimes. Sometimes it's from Amir's perspective, too. When you find certain collectibles, it can be, you can realize that it's actually from Amir. But Kratos is right from, like, writes in the journal from his perspective, and he, and if you go to certain things, he does say, he's like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not really many people I'd call brother, but he's one of them. And he, and it's just it's just so cool to see them like open up and everybody have these different relationships with different characters and they just have these tiny little like quips in between and it's just like you're it's just like I literally just like find like when I was playing the game I just find myself going through it and just like always trying to like go to Brocker's injury and like hit like triangle trying to like get that little extra shit coming out of it because it's so cool. There's like little poems you can find and like at one point like Mir's like you've corrected you've collected so much brother like I can't believe like I didn't expect that of you or something like that. He's like my people are known for their culture. <laughs> like, why are you surprised? My people are known for their culture. Like, it's esteem. There is also another. He says like. Like, you refuse to pick a, a favorite poem because he keep finding them and stuff. He's like, you have a favorite poem? And he was just like, not one of these or something like that. He's like, oh, you yeah. just refuse to pick. And he was just like, I have a favorite poem from my homeland. There's another part where they find a liar and he's like, can you play? And he's like, yes. 
Like, Kratos says yes. Like, he can play the liar. And he's just like, will you? And he's like, no. <laughs> when he's talking about that poem, he's like, it involved, like, uh, involved, like, a war for a woman in a horse that wasn't a horse or something like that. And he's talking about, like, the Trojan War. Yep. And he, was like, and he was like, that didn't. He's like, even though that's not what happened. He's like, oh, you were there. And he's like, yes. He's like, <laughs> he's like but I prefer the poem. <laughs> just so cool. He also, they also talk about Thermopylae. Oh, I haven't seen that part, but that's cool. Yeah, he says some. He's like, I also heard of a battle at is at something like the gates of hell or something. He's like the hot gates. <laughs> he's like, I. He's like, yeah. He's like, did, did like, were you there? And he's like, no. And he's like, is that regret I hear in your voice? And he's just like, I did regret not dying there for many years, <laughs> but no longer. <laughs> it's just that, dude, I'm telling, like, just like. Just the infliction that Christopher Judge like puts on something because you just so ne- you've never seen these sides of like Kratos. Yeah, that's the that's the like cause, like he's just angry. Like in the other ones, he's just angry and just, just screaming, killing, screaming, ripping gods in half. Like, yeah. like I will have my revenge. Yeah. And it's just like this you just, have wronged me, and I will fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> it's just rage. And this one is just like you see how like how and also like you can. Also, like, when you're going through those games, you can also see, like, how cunning he is by doing the puzzles and, like, going through it. You realize that he's a smart dude, but this side that you get to, like, oh, it's like he a, opens up so much. It's like a wisdom that's hard-earned, like a wisdom that's come from literally killing every god in a pantheon. Yeah. Like, that he's just, like, he's fought for every inch, and he's, like, what he's learned from, and he's trying to impart this onto Atreus. There's a time where Mimir is, like, the there's a set of... There's a there's a part in one of the realms where you gotta like take care of some of Mimir's past mistakes, and he's like kind of really beating up on himself, and he says like, "Don't you wish you could go back?" And Kratos, <laughs> he says, "Going back through time is uh, worth is more trouble than what it's <laughs> worth." And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's wise. You are speaking metaphorically, aren't you?" And he's like. No. And he's like, of course you're not. <laughs> like, like, of fucking course you're not. I think I talked about the last one. My other one favorite one is uh, Freya says something like, tell me tell me about someone from your home, like an adversary from your homeland. It'll help me like know more about your battle tactics. Like, There was Medusa, queen of the Gorgons. Her gaze turned men to stone. A mirror could turn her powers against her. Or you could remove her head. <laughs> that is the hard way. And she's like, what did you choose? The hard way. <laughs> she's like, forget I even asked. Like, he's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so funny how they go through here and everyone questions him during this. Like I said, like, they have all these, like, real-time relationships. Yeah. So they're always, like, questioning him and his They don't, like, think stuff. he's, like, that he can, like, handle it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, this man is literally... And in this, they also confirm it because there's another one where Mimir says something like, I heard, like, gods in your homeland, like, wielded all kinds of power, like, fire, lightning, like, rain, like, over all kinds of elements. And he's like, yeah, as did I for many years. And he's like, could you, like, recall some of that power? And he's like, no, like, I've tried, like, I can't, like, it's, then they have this conversation about how it's kind of like magic's connected to the homeland. And since he destroyed the homeland, that magic is... You know, all those old weapons that he used to fight with back in the day. But he's like, he's wielded all this stuff before, and they don't even have this fucking thing. Yeah. Like, Thor fucking, he's the he's the god of fucking thunder and stuff like that, but it's not like he can wield, like, thunderbolts like fucking Kratos has and, like, or all like these he other ba- ones. Like, they barely managed to get Thor a hammer, where the other god, like, Hercules had the fucking gauntlets, fucking, you got the bow from Artemis, you got the fucking god-killing sword from Zeus. Like, yeah, you got god. the blade of Olympus, yeah. you had fucking Hades fucking claws, yeah. ripping 
literally that ripped souls out of things. He fucking he killed the sisters of fate and had the fucking well first he killed Medusa and had the stone thing. That was like a power in the thing. Stake through the heart. Who wouldn't that kill? Yeah, he killed the sisters <laughs> of fate. And he could run. He could literally move through time. Like that's how he took Olympus down. He brought the Titans back from the Great War when they were yeah. fucking trapped and killed by fucking Zeus and shit, and brought them to the future. Like. That was another cool thing is like what they what I'm trying to get out here is they mentioned like when he mentions Mimir asked him, he's like, yo, you, he's like, you faced the fates of your homeland, didn't you? And he's just like, that was exaggerated, wasn't it? And Kratos is like, exaggerated. He's just like, well, you, you can't fight fate. <laughs> like, there's no way that you went through back through time and fought a fought a, uh, a battle once lost. And he was just like. It is true. <laughs> He's like the sisters of fate. He said just like basically how they were corrupted. He was like, oh, they're like, you know what I mean? Like they're just like corrupted and easily manipulated by their own prophecies. He's like, when I challenged them, they threatened <laughs> undo my existence. So I killed them and turned their power on Zeus. And they're just like, <laughs> that's the most irresponsible and dangerous thing I've ever heard. Like it's like so it's so it like really cements the fact of like what we're saying is like even in this land, nobody has done what compared to like maybe Odin has seen some of this type of power but no one's dealt with the type of shit that like Kratos canonically has really done <laughs> like, he's like done, things you've played through in the game and done like yeah like you take for granted and stuff but if you're looking into the actual story they're saying like yo like he's literally gone back through time he's climbed out he's died so many climbed times. out of hell he like three times <laughs> yeah and, like, fell from the top of Mount Olympus down the world chains to hell and then climbed, and then literally and climbed killed, back up, killed, <laughs> killed Hades, and flew Icarus's wings back up to the top, like just killing gods on the way, killing the fucking pantheon on the fucking way. Like it's just, uh, yeah, just got to nip out, do a couple quick errands, quick. <laughs> yeah. So when we talk about this, it's like yeah, it's like all these different people, like they do, like question him, and sometimes when they're questioning him on like an emotional scale, and they're like kind of like his relationship towards his son, and like making those types of decisions. You know, it kind of seems like he's at like a loss, but <laughs> it's just like when you really realize what this motherfucker. Well, what you this can tell done. he still has like problems, like connecting with Atreus, like still. But yeah, a little he's bit. definitely gotten better, but you can still yeah. tell there's still like some stuff in there. I mean, but I think that's just like who he is, because I mean, like, yeah, because all he does is kill. Well, shit. I mean, he's a Spartan, like that's an adjective now, like a like or like laconic, like they were the laconic people, like someone who doesn't talk much, someone who just like mm-hmm. says what they have to does, just gets things done. Like that's Kratos. Mm-hmm. And he just kills shit yeah. for a living all the time. So hard to relate to a 13 year old. So if that's like the whole thing of the Greek pantheon, right? Like Kronos did it to his dad. Zeus did it to Kronos. Kratos did it to Zeus. So is Atreus really the only one that can kill Kratos? I mean, like, sure, like, other people kill him in the games, but then, like, like the game, like, the sets back, and, like... So, no, so that hasn't been expanded upon, maybe, but also, that, I mean, there's no Kratos, I mean, Atreus isn't going to well, do I, it. I know he isn't going to do yeah. it, but, like... So, it, so the more likely thing is that Kratos is just cursed with not being able to die. That sucks. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, either, or what we said, like, he can't, okay, so, like... I there's mean, a there's ages, a big run there's a big running theory about okay in the one where he saves his brother mm-hmm. he's kept by Thanatos and Thanatos is the god is like the primordial god of death not Hades the god of the underworld this is like the god of death he's literally death personified mm-hmm. and Kratos killed him so 
at the end of that game when he buries Demos, there's like a grave digger there and he says something. He's like, What have I become? And he said, like, death. Like you are death. And that's what people have like, is that like a thing in the series where it's like hmm. literal like when he killed Than- Thanatos, that literally made him death personified. And now someone has to actually like take him like has to become the new like, Yeah, like he can't kill himself like he's tried to many a times. Like, with the sword and everything like mm-hmm. that. Someone has to take it from him. Someone would have to kill him, and then they would become death. You know what I mean? So that's the theory. Don't know if it's true or not. Or if they're just literally just like, yo, Kratos is just Kratos. Like, he's you can just, try. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Like, go ahead. <laughs> go right ahead. So we have Brock and Sindri. Really cool dynamic here because, again, they get to be your companions at certain points. And, again, it's not like a permanent thing. It's not like you can choose them or upgrade anything with them. They just come with you during certain parts of the fucking game. And there's it's another cool. door friend, right? A lady? A little, yeah, you find one of Brock. Brock talks to you that she wants to find that he wants to find one of his friends in Vanaheim. And her, and her name is Lunda. And she's pretty. she's such a funny character. She's pretty cool. Yeah. There's one part where, like, Atreus, like, they're trying to, like, tell Atreus about her like yo you'll have to meet Lunda like you'll like her and Kratos is like be careful Atreus and he's just like why and he's just like she is friendly <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a grandfather yet Atreus <laughs> yeah, and even fucking Mimir says he's like ah he's like the lad's too young even for her taste or something like that cause it's like and there's even a part where she says she's like hey like uh do you, like, not like me talking about, like, your muscles and all that kind of stuff? He's like, it did make me feel uncomfortable at first. And she's like, oh, do you want me to stop? And he's like, no, you don't have to. <laughs> My wife's dead anyways. <laughs> ah, yeah, people keep saying about uh, the Freya, the Freya Kratos thing. Like, they hate, she hates him, but secretly. Shut up, Yeah. Yeah, Brock, Sindri, and they bring in another one that uh, helps out at the Forge. You do a couple little side missions with Lunda. It's pretty fun. Big one that we're going to get out of the way here is because it's in the trailers and everything is Tyr, the yeah. god of war in the Norse pantheon. He's you realize. Yeah, he's big, which is really weird because he's Aesir. I, I do like when they meet and like it just pans up. And, like, you just see Kratos, like, standing in front of him. He gets, like, Kratos' head, and it's, like, barely at his chest, and he just keeps panning up. And Kratos doesn't care. He's just looking up at him. Well, I mean... He's killed bigger. Yeah. He's killed a lot bigger. <laughs> a lot bigger. He's killed Titans. Yeah. There's one part where, like, they, like, uh, they get on this, like, water horse in the storyline, and Mimir's like, what? No mystical water steeds of your homeland? And he's like, there was the Hippocamps. They served the sea god. I, I, bi- I battled one upon a titan. <laughs> Literally, so I battled one upon... Of course, yeah, we know. You fought something, yes. And of course you killed it. Like, and then I also killed Poseidon. <laughs> and then once I killed his hippocamps, I destroyed him. That's how it works when you fight me. Um, yeah, it's like when you go to war with me in, in like a paradox game. I'm taking something. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking your life, buddy. Uh, we are. We also got one out of the way too. Freya. Freya is back uh, in the beginning of the game. She is minus one son. Yes, she is not happy. And this part of the story, I'll just get out of the way. Um, so, like this whole time, like I said, it's been like three years. She's been hunting them for three years. They have a protection <coughs> stave, like kind of like how uh, Faye had like the save 
with the trees put up around. Now, Atreus, like, does the magic handprints around, and they put up a protection stave, so when they go out <coughs> hunting around the stave, she, she, it was like, it's, like, insinuated that she's been, like, hunting them on their way back, trying to get back in and stuff, and they have, there's a really cool scene where, you know, you're out, right when you start the game, you're outside, you're hunting, you're doing stuff, obviously, you gotta start the game by a hunt. And, uh, yeah, and Freya comes after you, and it's so funny, you're, like, you're on the sled or something like that, and he says, she's, like Atreus is like, is it her? He's just like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's her. Like probably, <laughs> she's been after us for a while. <laughs> really cool though. Um, not really a spoil. I mean, it kind of is spoiling things, but not really. I mean, she comes to your side. She ends up being one of your companions too. Uh, kind of is a spoiler, you know. She she hated you because you killed Boulder, but ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, she kind of knew that she was like you were. Got you guys were gonna be allies you know she wasn't gonna be a dick to you over odin odin did way too much shit to her <laughs> you, <laughs> you may kill my son but at least you didn't marry me yeah and, <laughs> yeah we're getting to that we're getting to, we're getting to the juicy bits of freya's story but yeah freya's back we free tear we find tear that was uh Treus's big thing in the beginning is trying to find tear which is in like again these stuff that I'm mentioning about the story are stuff that's kind of like in the trailers already. It's very base knowledge that's already come out. We already know about this stuff. Uh, Mamir's back, smartest man alive. Great stories, like we've been saying. They're just really... There's even one that makes Kratos laugh. There's two se- There's two fucking dialogues where Kratos literally chuckles. And it's fucking wild, dude. It's weird. Yeah. It's even it's it's weird and fucking even Mamir like comments on it when he makes when he says the joke and he makes a ch- or Kratos laugh. He's like, Oh, I got a chuckle, a rare day indeed. <laughs> like Who are you and what you do with the God of War? <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, we talked about Thorn, Odin, something that's really cool. I'm gonna show Pappy here once it's over and I'll link some videos uh with these episodes that come out with God of War. Uh just like the first game started with a hunt and, you know, an AC or God knocking on your door. <laughs> Guess what this game starts with? A hunt and some AC or Gods knocking on your door. It's really fucking sweet because, I mean, we've been waiting four fucking years and we've, we've had that vision of, like, Thor showing up outside, thunder, lightning striking, and he shows Mjolnir. It's like, oh my God, what the fuck is this fight going to happen? He shows up and he's just like, I got mead. <laughs> and it's just like, wait, what? Like, that's, and that's just the the whole, like, this game is just a whole bunch of, wait, what? Like, you just didn't, like, everything that you thought was going to happen from 2018, like, it kind of does, but, like, in a totally different way than what you ever would have yeah. fucking thought. Like, and it's so fucking good, man. Plus, this game looks amazing, dude. Like, I played it on a PS5, and god damn, man. I can't, like, it was, it, they fucking... The art team did fucking phenomenal. What are some other main ones that we can talk about without giving away story details? We talked about Freya, so we can talk about Freyr. Yeah. Her brother. A Vanaheim god. Uh, Vanir god. Uh, kind of a goofball. <laughs> At least in this. He's Not like a little posse of different races. Yeah, he has, like, a different posse of people put together on Vanaheim. He almost gave me, like, Robin Hood vibes, kind of, like... Yeah, yeah, almost, without the whole, like, 
how he's just kind of like a trickster in the woods with there's like band of merry men, but yeah. they're trying to fight against uh, Asgard's occupation. You know, once they once Odin put uh, trap Freya in Midgard, he tried to take her fucking home realm, and Freya's been fighting with him ever since. Yeah. So he he's a member that joins the uh, the fray. <laughs> Pun intended. He's a cool. There's a cool little like mix with him. You haven't gotten to it yet because you're not at the end of the story. But when you get to the end of the story, there's a cool little mix with him between him and like Atreus. You'll notice it. Uh, yeah, let's go I'm back over. Your boy, Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> let's go back over to the Aesir side. There is, since there was, we talked about Odin and Thor. There's Thor's wife, Lady Sif. So we in. That's also the mother of Magni and Modi, who Kratos and Atreus killed. So, yeah, I've heard of... She's probably not too happy about that. Probably not. <laughs> and their daughter, Thrud, the sister, the youngest the youngest child of them, and the sister of Magni and Modi. She has some... Seems like she has some powers like Thor. Like, pretty much, like, just mini Thor. Like, she's always, she doesn't have a hammer. She has, like, these swords that she wields and stuff, but she's always, like, throwing some lightning around and shit like that. So, you can only imagine she's probably also a goddess of thunder. But she really wants, she's, like, obsessed with becoming a Valkyrie. That's, like, her whole thing. Hmm. Kratos and Atreus do some things to some Valkyries. Yeah, you they probably put a stop to that. <laughs> yeah. so, we'll, see, we'll see what Thrud has to do with uh, with the whole story. Then, one of the, like, I love this character, but I love him because I fucking hate him. Heimdall. If you're thinking that Heimdall is gonna be, like, fucking dude from the Marvel, no. Absolutely not. From the second you lay eyes on this cocksucker, you know that's exactly what he is, is a goddamn cocksucker. <laughs> have you met him yet? No. Oh my god. You haven't met Heimdall yet in the story? I don't think so. Holy shit, bro. Yeah, this... I like right at the like right after they meet like Freya's like I mean Freya's like band. This motherfucker, he is such a fucking douchebag. <laughs> so fucking so annoying. But that's why he's such, like, a really cool character in it. Uh, people who don't know, like, the real Heimdall in, mythol- in, like, their mythology, like, he guarded the Bifrost, which is, like, how, you know, people traveled from realm to realm and shit like that. He made sure no bad shit got in and stuff. He, can- he also has this thing where he can, like, see. So, like, that's the one thing in the Marvel Universe. You see that Heimdall goes across, like, all these different universes and Thor can, like, use his sight and stuff like that. That's based somewhat in Norse mythology. Heim, I think the real Heimdall, he could literally watch the blades of grass grow. That's how like keen his eyesight is, and he could see across the different realms. So like in this one, the way that they twist it is he can like he reads the person. He can he, he like it's not he can it's almost like it's it's more complicated than he reads your mind. He does read your mind, but he like knows your intent. He, you know what I mean? So like you can try to think something, but you can't trick him. So like one thing is like. He's, you're just sitting talking with him, and you can you can lie to him and stuff like that. But he knows that you're not lying because he can read you. Also, when you're fighting him, he knows what you're fucking gonna do. So there's a big thing in it where like Mimir even says he's like, I've never seen anyone lay a finger on him. <laughs> like no one's ever fucking touched Time Doll because he sees it coming. Um, yeah, he's a cool fucking character that they've entered into the fray. Um, I think that's pretty much it for the Aesir, because we've taken care of Magni and Modi. 
There is a cool little like. There's a mid guardian character that they ca- that they made. His name is Skjoldir or Skjoldir, something like that. But I think he's based off of a real king, a real Scandinavian king. Well, he's just like a human. Yeah, he's like a mid mid guardian mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think Skjoldir, I think that's his name. Uh, you'll know when you when you come up to him. But I think that kid is based off of a real Scandinavian king, and that's why I think they put him in there. I, if I read what I read right. Brock, Sindri, we got Tyr. Oh, there's another cool one. Uh, so at the beginning of God of War uh, 2018, we talked about how they went on the hunt, and they shot a boar, and his name was Hildes Vini, and he was a friend, quote-unquote, friend slash advisor to freya <laughs> now this time you realize you get to meet hilda's Vini. he just like shows up in the fucking in this one scene but he's in human he's in his human form and he fucking the the one funny part they like ask him like who are you and he's like well you don't recognize your handiwork and he lifts up his arm and you see the scar from where they shot him and trace like oh my god <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I shot you. <laughs> but it was kind of cool. Um, I might have mentioned something about him in the prior episode. I don't know if I did or not. But oh, that's so. that's uh, a good trick on Norse mythology, too. Uh, Hildes Vini was like a magical boar. And there was another one. I can't remember the name of it. But Freya. Hildes Vini, I think, belonged to Freya. And the other one belonged to Freyr her brother, and that's, they rode on them into Ragnarok together. They would, like, fight on them and stuff like that, but he was, same thing, like, he could take a boar form, or he could shapeshift into, like, a man or something like that, so they twist that kind of shit. It's kind of cool. thought it was sweet how they how they actually brought him, because she always said it was, like, she, he was a friend or something like that. She never said he was an advisor, and then when you meet him here, he says about how he's an advisor and stuff, and Kratos is still just like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Kratos is like, or Atreus is like, oh shit, we killed you. Almost. <laughs> and then she brought you back. We hoped. We hoped. Got the lambs, Chris. <laughs> ah, you meet Hildes Vini. Oh, and I'm forgetting Angra Boda. Yeah. She's in the, uh, she's in the trailer. Uh, you meet Angra Boda. She, hmm. What do I say about Angra Boda without giving it all away? <laughs> there's stuff you can't, you know, there's certain things that you can't say about it. But she's been, she's been chilling in Jotunheim this like whole time, right? And her job, her whole like purpose in this whole thing is to give Atreus his destiny via prophecy. Obviously, she has these, like, basically she has these big stone pillars that she, like, draws these murals in and stuff like that. Did you go there? Uh, her mom's the one that made, like, the ones. Her mom is Groa. Yeah, so, but she's the one yeah. that made, like, the ones that they saw at the end of the last game. Yeah, so when you're, when you're, um, when you're going throughout the game, there's these collectibles, quote-unquote collectibles, of the first game, and they're, like, these shrine mural things. And they're from the giant Groa, who had, who was like, she was known to have prophecies. She was like, she would see these prophecies. She's the one who saw the vision of Ragnarok. Um, so the same thing, Angra Boda, you know, was given this task by her mother to, you know, 
eventually they knew about Loki. Like I said, they they gave the prophecy. They knew about Kratos and them coming here. So their their whole her whole purpose once Groa died and her father died was to give Atreus his destiny. We'll talk more about that later. But yeah, she's a cool. She's a really cool character. You can see her and Atreus kind of be flirting because he's never met another giant before. Oh, and it's like. Should I go? You can stay as long as you want. I don't want to leave yet. <laughs> you should come with me. No, I can't. I have to stay here. No, but you can stay as long as you want. Can I upgrade my armor? Okay, I'll come with you. Let's go play. Let's kill some Draugr. Um, yeah, but you kind of see that. You kind of... Something that's really cool, when you get there, do you notice that when he like looks down at the one slab, it's the interaction that they're having? Hmm. The very first thing that he sees, like, when he meets her, he's, like, looking down at a slab of a painting, and it's him laying down with his knife out, looking up at her. Hmm. And if you, you miss it if you don't look at it really quick. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she says something. He, like, leans back. He's like, whoa, 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 pulls out his knife and holds it up. And she's just like, sorry. And it's just like it's that interaction that's, like, right there. Um, Angry Bo- yeah, she was a really cool character. She was a really good addition. Um, she makes you think. Yeah. She, like when you get in there, she makes you really think about the story and like what's going on. Again, it's the whole the whole story is like a big old mind fuck. Like everybody knows that Kratos is supposed to die and what's gonna happen and blah 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 blah. It's just like she's just another pawn in there where it's just like, oh, this is such a cool character, and then she starts saying some shit, and you're just like, you little bitch, mm. <laughs> you're just another thing to make me think again, aren't you? You fucking little cunt. Um, now. This character, she's not like it's so hard. She's in the game, obviously, but she's not part. It, she's only seen in flashbacks, and we finally get to see Kratos's wife, Faye. We finally get to see what Lao Fei the giant looks like during certain. There's certain parts where Kratos goes to sleep, and he and he when he goes to sleep, he has these dream visions, and it's like he goes back to these times that he like he's reliving memories with Faye. And they kind of, like, relate to what's going on with you in the story. It's like him trying to remember something that Faye taught him back in the day, you know what I mean? But it's kind of cool because you're like, he'll go to bed, he'll wake up, and then you'll be him in the memory. And then she's standing there as, like, an NPC, and she walks you through this little mini level, and she's, like, telling you stories and stuff like that. And it's really kind of cool because you finally, we finally got to fucking see Faye. <laughs> we finally got to fucking see her. It's fucking wild. Something I forgot to say about Lady Sif, too. The voice actor for her, Thor's wife, is uh, Elena from the Uncharted series. Hmm. Yeah, the blonde. Drake's wife. Yeah, who she ends up, yeah, who he ends up, the reporter yep. on the first one, then he ends up marrying her and stuff like that. Yep. I, as I was listening to her, I was like, the, when you like hear her character in there, I'm sitting there like, Sounds so fucking familiar. I was like, who the fuck is that? I was like, I know, I know who that is. And then I finally looked it up and I was like, oh, I'm, how did I not fucking get it? Because, like, once then, like, once you hear it and you know, it's like, oh my god, it's so, like, yeah. that's Elena. Mm-hmm. That's totally Elena. I can hear her yelling at Sully all day long. <laughs> um, yeah, Angraboda was a good one. She is not, however, the only giant stuck in Jotunheim. You think she is, but there's actually a really cool level where you meet her grandmother, Gryla. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Jormungandr is back. Uh, not so big of a role as it was in the first one, but 
you still see Jormungandr, he comes back. Best snake around. Best, yeah, best big snake around. It's kind of cool because, like, a tri- uh, one thing that's really cool is Kratos has learned to read at this point over this three years. Kratos, <laughs> yeah. So, like, when you would normally go in 2018 God of War, when you normally go around to these, lo- these lore markers, and he would be like, read it, boy. You know what I mean? Over this time, Kratos is like, Mimir has taught him, Mimir and Treus has taught him how to read. So when he goes up, he reads the runes. Like, like Mimir will say stuff to him, like, oh, what'd you learn? Or like, is it anything interesting or something like that? And it's cool. Like, he's learned, like, he's learned to read and write. Also, Atreus has learned to, like, talk to the snake. So, like, there's a point where, like, Atreus, like, talks to the giants and stuff like that. And he talks in that old dead tongue. Mm-hmm. Still, like, just like okay, motherfucker, (laughs) you just do all this crap, like, dead tongues, you just learn how to speak them, like, whatever. Um, who else, who else, who else? We might have covered them all. All the ones of importance. Yeah, so definitely at least anyone important. Yeah, there's a couple of small characters, there's a dwarf named Durlin, um, he helped in Svartalfheim, which actually, it's so funny, like, this this weird little time, like, there's a realm called Svartalfheim, but it's act, but the dwarves call it Nita Valir. They say, like, Svartalfheim is what the Aesir call them, but they call it Nita Valir. I thought that was, like, a cool little, As almost some, like, Lord of the Rings, like, the elves and dwarves kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's funny. Um... Yeah, he uh so anyway, this Durlin character, they they brought him in and back in the day him and him and Faye, Kratos' wife, like held a rebellion against Odin in Svartalfheim. So it was kinda cool how they had like a little story there. Um I'm gonna spoil another story for you about this because I don't know if you're actually going to like when you watch them play through, I don't know if they'll actually do this because it's like side mission shit, so they might not actually hit it. There's a part where when you're in Vanaheim in the story where you come to this like new part of the map and it's and it's basically like this whole big area is taken out. It's like a giant crater. It's called the crater. And if you go around and you find these different like spirits and stuff, they talk about like how they died in the area and that and you're like how did like how did this area become like how did what happened here? This big ass crater like in like the middle of this place and they're just like, "Oh, there is a fight here." Like, the god of thunder, like, Thor came here, and he fought this woman, this fair-haired woman, and then, you know, like, you gotta do more shit, and you find all these different spirits, and it's this side quest, and it takes a long time, but you literally find out. In the first God of War, Mimir mentioned, when they find out who your mother is, Laufey the giant, he, he always, he said about how Thor reveled that he never got to fight her, because she was such a renowned warrior and stuff. In this, throughout these side quests, you realize, you find out that they met each other in a, like, basically, like, in a bar in, in Svartalfheim or Vanaheim or something like that, and then they fucking fought each other (laughs) in the valley, and, like, because Faye and Thor fought each other, it destroyed that whole valley, (laughs) and, like, Kratos is basically, like, when you get to the end of it, he was just like, I knew your mom. But I didn't know she used to get this mad. Like, she's like, to destroy this valley is like something that I would do. Like, and Mimir's like, well, maybe you have more in common with her, common with her after all. And it was just so cool. because like, yeah, There's a reason stuff. you two got together, Kratos. Yeah. And it's just cool. It's such a cool mission because, like, first off, you, uh, 
like you already like hardcore people who have gone through the lore of God of War, the first game and stuff like that, know that Mimir has said that already. That Thor like hated the fact that he never like he he hated all the giants and he killed them all for the most part. But such a renowned warrior as Laufey the Laufey the Just, I think they called her and stuff. Like he wanted to fight her so bad. And in this one, you find out that they did. And I'm pretty sure it's mentioned that she whooped the shit out of him. <laughs> like she obviously didn't kill him, but like. They said like her feel like the the spirits always mention about like the fair haired warrior she fought with an axe and he's like this one <laughs> and he's like yeah that one <laughs> huh, that's weird <laughs> he's like yeah he's like this woman he's like her fury was like something to behold like the god of thunder like couldn't match her or something like that like it was just wild and stuff so thinking about like damn like that whole time like she had Atreus and like had that whole family and she never even told him like yeah yeah I might have bested the god of thunder by myself I'm a woman. <laughs> Just I thought it was so cool. Like, there's so many little things in this game that's just like, it's it's so refreshing to have like a sequel and even like the ending to like a series like actually done right. Like it's perfect. Like the game's fucking phenomenal. Like I literally like I haven't seen like one negative thing about it. Obviously, there's gonna be people who don't like certain things and stuff like that. But I mean, for the most part, overall, like the game is just it's. It's beautiful. It's so great. This one isn't a character, but I'm going to spoil. You get a new weapon. So you, you had the Blades of Chaos. You had the, the Leviathan Axe. And now you get the Drop Near Spear. Hmm. Yeah, That's bro. Cool. You haven't gotten to that part. You probably haven't. But Spear Destiny. <laughs> almost, bro. It's cool. If anybody knows anything about Dropnir, Dropnir was made... The Holdra brothers, Brock and Sindri, are really... I, I think Sindri is another name for him in, in a language, but I think his real name is Etri. And they're the two... The Holdra brothers. In real Norse mythology, they crafted Mjolnir. They also crafted, I think, Sif's hair. And then there was another thing that they that they did. They made, like, three different... Oh, it might have been Dropnir, actually. It might have actually been Dropnir um, that they gifted the Aesir to try to get in the favor of Odin. Now, in this one, it's kind of like the same thing, but now, at this point in the story, they like, they're, like, pissed. They hate the fact that they gave Mjolnir to Thor and he killed all the giants for it. That You know what I mean? Like, in this, they mentioned how they gave it to Dropnir. They gave Odin Dropnir and then they stole it back. Like, Mimir's just like, I knew you two nicked it. <laughs> and he was just like, we didn't nick nothing. We just ungifted something that shouldn't have been given. <laughs> and uh, even Freya, when they mentioned Dropnir, she's like, but even to have Dropnir, like, you would need... And then, like, fucking Sindri opens up this, like, magic fucking tunnel thing. And he's like, you were saying? <laughs> so what Dropnir is, they, they, they crafted this ring. And their idea behind it was, like, if one gold ring could get into the favor of Odin. How about a gold ring that every, like, so often, it multiplies itself? So, like, every so often, the ring literally just, like, a few different rings, like, pop out of it, and then a couple hours go by, poof, mm. some more come out of it. So what they do in this is they fucking, they give Kratos the fucking ring, and, it, and uh, they have the Lady of the Forge make it into a fucking spear. So you can chuck this fucking spear, and then you just hit the down button, and you get another spear. And you just keep chucking them, and then you fucking slam your fucking spear on the ground, and they explode. So you can just load up, and like you can chuck fucking spears at enemies and stuff like that, and then fucking dodge out of the way, and boom, fucking slam your spear down, and fucking everything blows. Dude, it's like 
I actually just saw a spoiler cast with the game director, and he's like, yo, he's like, put that spear up against any fucking weapon you've played at in any video game in history. He's like, that's, or any spear. Sorry, not any weapon in general. Like, obviously, it's a debate. Like, the some people will like the Blades of Chaos. Some people will like the Leviathan Axe. But he was like, in any game, any video game ever, if you had a spear as a fucking weapon, he's like, put it up against this drop near spear. He's like, hands down, best is the mm-hmm. best spear. That, the Like, the way that... What we what I mean by that is like the fluidity between like the axe and the fucking blades of chaos in the first game. Like we were all just so like holy shit, like this is fucking awesome. And now he gets another one and dude like just the way like he he fucking like shock puts the fucking spears and shit. I mean he's from Greece, like He hell, says it like he yeah, says, he's, he's really good with a spear. They literally say they're like yeah, you act like you've done this before and he's like a spear is the first weapon a Spartan learns from. Like and even so, like there's the there's the one flashback of like when they uh, in the one God of War of him and Demos when they're kids they're training with spears and shit. So it's, it's like they're like in the spoiler cast. He's like, yeah, you even like you just feel like Kratos is just having fun. Like you know what I mean? Like this is his spear. Oh, this takes me back to when I was a boy throwing yeah. spears at people's fucking skulls. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Is like he says it. Like when you're fighting and you're, it's like the first time you come out, you got this weapon. The big cinematic scene happened when you get it, and then you come out and you get to test it on some fucking enemies. And it's like, yeah, like you've done this before. And he's like, a spear is the first weapon. I like you know, it's just his home, baby. Like, and it's just so fucking cool. I won't tell you why you get the spear. That's more important than spoiling the fact that you get the spear. Well, I mean, you need to kill Odin, don't you? Isn't that like nope. isn't that from like the actual mythology though? Isn't that what the spear's like drop near? Yeah. No. No, no, no. Fenrir kills Odin in real Norse wow. mythology. Fenrir the dog is the one, that, and he's the son of Loki. But doesn't that spear have, like, I know Thor and Jormungandr fight, and, like, that ends up destroying the world tree. But doesn't the spear have something to do with that, too, with destroying the world tree? I've never heard that one. I'm pretty sure just Ragnarok in general splinters the world tree. But it doesn't destroy all nine realms. They're, like, Thor's sons live after them there's like a there's a few of the aesir and a few vanir and a few like throughout the realms who like survive but odin and thor jormungandr heimdall loki those characters not in not in the game in real norse mythology those characters like actually die but they're it's kind of like the same thing that i mentioned about the end of the greece pantheon like in the real greece pantheon about how Ares just like fought zeus and fought them and then he and then he made them make a deal like you don't meddle in any mortal affair. So that's kind of like the same thing as like all these minor Aesir who lived after Ragnarok just kind of lived with humans and then died out. So I don't know anything about a spear. The only thing I know about like anything close to something like that is Surtur. Surtur's the fire giant and when he comes, he yeah. plunges his he plunges his sword into the heart of Asgard, which I think that's not great for it. Yeah. (laughs) It destroys Asgard as a realm, but I also think it it might, I I feel like it might splinter the world tree too. I think that's in some of those like sagas and stories that it, you know, it's so great. He's so giant that it splinters the world tree, but Asgard's destroyed, but you know, there's still survivors in the other realms and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So we get the drop near spear and man, is it fucking sweet, dude? It's just so like, you just chuck them. You're just chucking a shit ton of them, and then you just... And it's just, like, also it just feels so natural, like, as you're running as Kratos and stuff, and, like, you know, 
if you've played these games, you know that you have the directional pad to change between your, you know, you can go to the Blades of Chaos if you press, if you press left. You go to the Leviathan Axe if you press right. Now, if you press down, you got that fucking drop near spirit. It's just so cool how he's just like, his fist is just like kind of clenched. And he's just like, and it's just like, this golden spear just like pops up out of nowhere and shit. And it's, it's fucking fun playing with him, man. The way he fucking spins it around. He, he'll like, he'll fucking, the cinematics, he'll be like swinging around, smacking people. Then he'll stab him with it. Like, use that one. Pull out do another one stab them another way fucking twist it and it like takes their torso off or something like that like just the way he uses it is just so innovative like they really make kratos the most tactical motherfucker there ever fucking is like it's really fun just like when you're playing all these different enemies and stuff it's cool like mixing between them yeah it's cool like realizing like your different runic attacks and stuff like that there's this one where like you fucking the one like heavy attack with the spear he just like and he just like throws it up and then like a fucking like rain like it just rains down fucking spears and then as it hits like the opponents you can fucking explode all those ones too that came down so cool Uh, there are no Valkyries this time we talked about the Valkyries that are kind of like mini bosses that you can play like after the game they're like these you know these challenges of boss instead they have these berserkers which are like old spirits that were like they were like loyal to like some king that Mimir knew and you gotta instead of fighting the Valkyries for the really hard like mini bosses you get to fight these berserkers which are pretty cool because at certain times there's like two of them coming at you at once at one point there's three it's really fucking rough, like, dodging between everything, trying to take what, you know, strategize which one to take down. But, yeah, I think that covered all the characters. Some honorable mentions, maybe, is Specky and Svana. You have these two, these two wolf pups. Mm. Not really pups, they're fucking wolves. But uh, it was said that during Fimble Winter, like, there's some raiders nearby your camp, uh, and... They were uh, they had these wolves trapped there, and you and Atreus saved the wolves. So then they uh, carry you around in your sled. And that's kind of how you like. Since Fimble winters come, like all this, you know, it's the worst winter ever. The Lake of Nine is frozen over. So when you do get to Midgard at some point, you don't row row around in a boat anymore at Midgard. You do in other realms, but in Midgard you use the sled. And I think that was kind of cool. Yeah, just cool. mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm really pissed because at the beginning. I don't know if you noticed this, but at the beginning, they have Kratos in, like, that cape. Yeah. He has that, like, fur fucking cape that he just, like, looks like a fucking badass in. And then when Freya attacks you, you lose it. And then you never play with it ever. And then you don't have it for the rest. And it's just, like, he looks so fucking sweet in it. Like, just, like, with it draped over his back, holding the fucking axe. Like, it just looks so fucking cool. And then you just, like, lose it. And you don't even realize that you lost it. And it's like, ah. Gets in the way. He's got things to kill. He does. He does have things to kill. I think that covered it. I think that covered our characters. I think that covered our uh, any honorable mentions. Is there any questions you guys have? Anything about the God of War series before we get into this that you might want to know before next week we get ham into it? Because <laughs> you know me. You know me in the story and trying to make it, like, say everything the way it's supposed to be said to... So many twists. 
You know what I mean? Like in this one, specifically, like they deal with a lot of the unsaid. You know what I mean? There's a lot of like, you know, and I say that, but they also like kind of say it too. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the problem, it's very prevalent. The problem isn't like, oh man, what's going to happen? Like what's, yeah. you know what I mean? You know what's going to happen. It's how it's going to happen. Like that's what they go over this entire thing. Maybe another, uh, you will meet the Norns in this too. I won't say their names because I can't remember all of them. <laughs> There's three Norns in this, but yeah, you will you will see and meet the Norns, the fates of these lands. Skull and Hati, you meet Skull and Hati during this too. You take on some old, some cool old em enemies, some trolls. Take on a lot of dragons in this. <laughs> you fight a lot of fucking dragons. Really fucking cool. Yeah, man. Great game. Really great game. Still disappointed it didn't win game of the year, but what do you do? <laughs> you suck it up, and you get over it because Christopher Judge still won <laughs> best performance like he should have. Uh, before we end it quick, how far are you on Bleach? Are you getting caught up yet? I am now in season 24, so I have 24, 25, and 26 to finish and i am actually <laughs> i'm glad i was actually gonna after we were done recording i was gonna mention to you it was like i'm actually like when i go to bed at night now that i'm caught up on my other shows it's like i actually like i'm going to bed and i'm trying to watch an episode of two or bleach so like so i can get through with it and get into fucking thousand year blood war yeah the new, i want to finish it up really fucking bad and i already know that the one episode that the thing happened oh no I think the thing what, happened. What thing? We'll talk about okay. it outside of here. We'll talk about it outside. I was saying just a lot of things happened. So I don't, I don't yeah, know, I know which yeah, thing you're yeah, talking about. Not a thing. <laughs> Wild. But yeah, I think it's been another good episode of Room to Talk. I am Bud Walk. Michael Klosky. Pappy. We will see you next week, kids. Bye. Enjoy that winter. It's cold. Yeah, it's cold I'm enough here too, right now. Boy. Give me my coat. I get to eat a whole rotisserie chicken yeah, but today. On, on